food. Situation normal. All, all fouled up. This is Snafu. Welcome to another episode of Snafu. I'm Rick, your host. With me is Dale. Hey, guys. Pat. Good evening. And Jeff. Howdy, howdy. Uh, we're going to cover a bunch of things tonight. We have some hobby updates. We have some tournament stuff for Sna- Operation Snafu. Um, we're actually going to talk about some products that we've we've kind of, kind of encountered in the last couple of months, too. Uh, and then our big topic of the night is the Partisans. So we will cover them in depth when we get to them. So let's start out with hobby updates. Uh, I think primarily all of us right now are probably neck deep in terrain. So why don't we kind of give a, a rundown of what we're working on right now? So Dale, you want to lead us off with what you're working on right now? Sure. Um, so I'm responsible for two of the boards that we'll be playing on at Operation Snafu. Um, the first board I like how is, you threw in responsible for, uh, as though we're all well, making you do it. Well, it's, forced. it's all forced. Yeah, you're committed. You committed. I'm committed no, to yes. it. And I feel responsible for that commitment, which is... I'm okay with that. That, that, That's good. I'm just saying. (laughs) Make it sound like, you know, we'd loaded up an SMG and said, Dale, two boards now. There isn't anything being pointed at me yet, but after this update, that might change. So um, (laughs) I'm responsible. Not responsible. I'm playing. I'm not playing. I'm building uh, a Tank Wars. Basically, it's just kind of a countryside board using um, one of the cigar box mats. Um and the idea is it's going to have a bunch of wrecked tanks on it. And so I'm starting to map that out in regards to, um, I picked up a couple of uh, pieces of kit, some bocage and, um, some stone walls and some low town walls. I'm still looking for a building. I want to put on that. And then I've got eight tanks ready to go and I got to pick up another eight or so. And we'll see how much time lets me go above and beyond that. So basically, you know, just a big battlefield of, with a bunch of ruined tanks is the idea there. As far as what's complete, I've got quite a bit of the supplies, and I did complete the low town walls to kind of see how those looked. Um, there's a picture of that um, up on the yeah, Facebook page. I see you painted those even, so they look they look pretty spectacular. Yeah, they turned out real well. We'll talk about that kit when we um, when we get to the terrain stuff. But um, yeah, right and the other board is um, the town hall or the city center board, and so um, I've got I've I've got. So um, um, the idea is that I've got a mat, and it's just a cobblestone mat. That's just The whole mat is just cobblestone. And the idea that I wanted to go with is to create a bunch of city blocks in a modular fashion that I could shift, move around, space out differently. So um, there's a lot of different ways that it can be set up, and hopefully it will work for a bunch of different scenarios. And so um, my basing for all of these city blocks is t- um, 12-inch square plastic card boards and I'm putting ruined buildings on them and edging them with like sidewalks. So I've got, I've got two of those 12 inch square um, blocks built and I'm painting them right now. And I've got the next set of two built and primed. And then I put together a bunch of what I'm calling um, parkways or boulevards. So basically they're four inch by 12 inch uh, sections of trees and sidewalk that can join together in in different ways. So you can have just two end-to-end, so you've got two feet of, like, parkway. And the idea is it's going to break up all the blocks. So there's 
green space in between them. And I've got connectors built so you can do um, like a, a plus sign of them joined together, uh, little extenders here and there. And so those are built and primed as well. And then I've got the rest of the buildings constructed, but none of the basing. So I've got more orders out to Amazon to pick up more foam and plastic card and these little tiles I'm using for the sidewalk. So I'm, I'm getting started. I've been hobbying every night here for the past week and a half or so, and I think that will continue up until the tournament probably to get all this done. So, but Have you been, ordered enough from Amazon they start giving you reorder requests? Like, um, are, you, are you ready to reorder yes. this yet, Dale? Are you ready yeah. to reorder this? And, and I'm used to seeing all this stuff. And I had to order some more black lava, actually, um, because I've, I've gone through two jars of that already. Black and, lava? What do you use that for? Uh, Vallejo. It's this textured... Oh, sure. It's that black textured paint. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, I've and seen so that. Cool it's, stuff. It's great. It's great in the spacing around... I don't know if you guys, if you saw the picture, but I built, like, sandbag emplacements and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw those. That looks great. And so, um, and so it's good around those joining together the ruined building. So the idea is a lot of this stuff has collapsed in on itself. And so I've got tons of rubble and, and stuff like that. I think I might have just gone too detailed with this because I find myself, it's taking a lot of time to build and paint the whole thing. But, again, you know, I want these to look great and the, and the folks to have a great time playing on them. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's good. It's it's good. I've been productive so far. I, I so, find it hard to believe that you went too detailed on it, knowing you and seeing the rest of your train that your detail right? is everything. I even remember back yeah. to your Skaven and Warhammer Fantasy that the cobblestones you carved on every single oh base God. of 150 rats. Yeah, that hurt my that hurt my soul a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. but again, it's um, it's one of those things. I find that if if I can get into the groove, then I can I can pound it out, and I kind of have to at this point in time. We're like three months out, and I've got to get this done. So. We're we're in a, we're in hard crank mode at this point. Uh, I was going to say it, I find it I found it uh, interesting that you're painting some of your buildings before you paint all your buildings. Are you going to paint them different colors and stuff? Then I take it. Yes, I am. Okay. So um, I I want yeah I, I have to you know, I mean the color choice. And composition of the table is important, um, and, I, and I'm afraid that if they're all the same, I really like that kind of sand color that the uh, um, that the, the low town walls came out looking like, because I can shade those really effectively, and it contrasts really nicely to the red brick, which I can put in the windowsills. And so I'll do a few like that, but I'm afraid if I do everything like that, it'll 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 be too samey. Sure. So I've got a couple different other kind of. Um, other ideas for some of the other buildings so. similarly contrasting themed paint, paint exactly schemes. okay yeah. yeah cool yeah awesome i'm excited so. right on yeah uh so then we can move on to pat pat what are you what, what are your tables looking like right now well i posted the one where i have the uh the fuel depot which i think you you and kevin tested on last week correct and that's, you know, other than uh, got a little feedback on some of it, the layout might change a little bit, but the, the terrain is set for that board, so what you guys saw would pretty much be it. Uh, just do a little more coloring on some of the huts and whatnot. Uh, and then I've also got, of course, the Pegasus Bridge, which I have pretty much everything done except for the bridge, which is, you know... Only the centerpiece. Only 70% of the terrain on the board, but nonetheless... Uh, all the rest of the buildings are done. I finished that up last night, uh, and I got some. Now, 
just to just to put this out there, I am not doing a recreate of the Pegasus Bridge from World War II. That was certainly an option in the kit that they gave me, but I'm kind of I, I set it up that way and had I think Miles and Rocky played a game on it, and it was truly lent itself really heavy to one side of the bridge having good terrain and the other side not. So I've I've tweaked this a little bit, so it's you know quasi historical if that's even a term you can throw out there. So I've, I've kind of done it so there's going to be a little more um, a little more good even cover for both sides, but there's still a clear decided advantage to one side or the other. So getting, of course, that roll of the table edge will have something, but it's not an auto-win advantage like it really seemed like it was when Rocky played that. I think that's um, called historical fiction. <laughs> See, episode sure. 12, we covered, is it even out yet? Yeah, I think we covered that one. Oh, we did. It was back. episode 11, yeah. It was, okay. the, it was a French episode where we talked about Sharknado. Right, for being... for much longer than we needed to, I'm sure. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that came out. It was better than I thought. So it was Maybe still awful. The, but that should be the title of the next one that we put out. Better, than, better, than, better than I thought. <laughs> better than I thought. Yeah, I told my wife. I go. I bet there's time travel in this because there's nothing else they can do that's insane. And there was. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to put a spoiler on this for all those people that want to see Sharknado Five. At four. Four. Oh, it's only four. Three? What? No, it was four. five. Sharknado was it five. five. Yeah, it was Glo- five. Yeah, global yeah. swarming. I'm behind. Yeah. Oh, I just told. Oh, man. Global swarming. <laughs> yep. Wow. All right, we've now dedicated too much time to this one again. The next episode. Well, no. Now at this point, it's just tradition, and we have a quota to hit every time. Fair enough. So. Well, I mean, MGM is giving us money. Every. What? No, I'm what? kidding. You're not sharing. <laughs> it's the Sci-Fi it's, Channel. It's a freaking, decidedly it's, smaller budget. The it's, fr- it's yeah, it's freaking it's freaking monopoly money. It doesn't it's not actual money. Uh, it could be Canadian. I don't know. That's that's all colored. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, keep so going. Yes. You have any more tables? Uh, so that's that covers the Pegasus Bridge. That one's pretty good. And I've got two Western Europe. I'm going to do one kind of countryside, hills, woods, farm, some farmland stuff like that. And then I'm going to do one more of a kind of a Normandy city board sort of style, so I have two different Western Europe boards. And all in all, I'm certainly much further along than Dale is. Uh, I, I would say I'm actually roughly about 75% complete on all four of the boards that I have going for Renegade. That's fantastic, Pat. So so Pat, can you can knock out like three or four more, and then we none of the rest of us have to do any. That beats right? my 5% complete. Right? So. Right. Well, again, remember that there's there's certainly a, a much a, a talent level variation between what Dale is putting out and what I put out. I mean, you know, I, I'm not gonna put something I think looks like garbage. I think looks pretty good, but the measure and quality and talent behind what uh, some other people do, like you know the John Stences and the Dale Barts of the world, and I'm not there. I'm not going to pretend to be, but I still think myself. The is gap is playable. closing significantly. Yeah, so. I was going to say. I yep. think you're getting a lot closer than you think you are. Mm-hmm. You keep putting in the we'll time. We'll get you pad, closer, and you're going to be right there. So we'll get you, you closer. Don't have far to go. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah. Quite honestly, that, I I have fun doing all this train, so that's right. More so. Yeah. Than the anything. fuel the fuel depot bridge or um, board I thought looked great. So, yeah. yeah. No, I loved I loved so. playing on it. It was a very good board to play on. We'll get to that in a minute too. Good. Well, the only thing I'm going to do yeah. different with that is I'm actually going to change the mat that was on because I felt that mat was just really dark and all the okay. terrain was dark. So sure. there was that Badlands mat that we had that uh, Renegade was setting up a bunch of orders for. Jeff, you remember sure. that one? I sure do. So the lighter gonna, lighter sand one. Yep. So I'm going to I'm okay. going to use throw that mat down and see how that looks because I think that's going to help 
the contrast to make the terrain pop a little more. I felt the terrain was kind of underpowered by the dark mat. Yeah. I mean, which sense. is probably more historically accurate is that, like, they probably made the buildings and stuff kind of blend in with the surroundings so they don't get bombed quite as often. But I I could see your point. It was it did blend in a little bit. And you, I, I would like to see that Badland map and see if that works. Yeah, you don't want the terrain to become a hindrance when you're trying to play a game, you know, where you're like, oh, crap, right. I totally missed I didn't see that, that ridge line there. I totally missed it, you know. You don't mm-hmm. want to run into right. that. No, so it, absolutely. It should yeah. stand out a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I don't disagree from a standpoint of gameplay. I'm just they they tend to paint the buildings the same color as everything else. You know, like the roofs of buildings were all white. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, so that, or the like matching cloud and sky and ground and all right. that kind of stuff. They're it's trying to trying to camouflage them as best they can. But it it's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Cool. So and I've got some some little trinkets and odds and ends. I'm actually I picked uh, ordered a bunch of you know, Warlord, uh, you don't order something for like three weeks and they send you a 15% off coupon. You feel obligated to use it. So I did. So I ordered a whole bunch of like uh, sand bunker, or the little sand barricades and a bunch of the little fuel depot things. So I'm going to stack those up, throw a little cargo net over it just to kind of help tie in the flavor of the board a little bit more. So there's some, some fine touches that since I'm at this stage of completion, I can go back and kind of get these little fine touches thrown in there. And I do right. have I do have all my objective markers made for two of the boards they're tailored very specific for the pegasus bridge i've got some really cool basically i did like little boxes of tnt and then uh just from like scrap parts i had around so i was kind of impressed with those and then i got just some uh fuel barrels lying around for the oddly, oddly enough the fuel depot and i may reuse some of those just because they're really easy to throw together for the other two boards because i know i know we uh our scenarios hint hint have objectives to them big shock but yeah, that's where I'm sitting. Right. Four cool. boards could do more, but you know what? I, I, it doesn't need to be the the Pat Moline terrain at the Renegade. I it kind of already is, to be fair. But that's that's okay. We'll, we're uh, we're gonna make do here. Well, when we when we jumped into it, I had a heck of a head start with terrain than you guys did. A couple, of, yeah. You and Jeff actually had been making terrain already, just for our club to have tables to play on. Yeah, which was very beneficial for all of us. So. That was that's awesome. So yeah, it, and it kind of kind of led ourselves right into this, where we, you know, we kind of had a little bit of a head start. Not all of us, but we had a couple tables kind of already designated. So that was kind of helpful, which is nice. All right, Jeff, uh, what are you? I don't know if you've even been working on any right now, or because you've been oh, kind God, of traveling. Yeah. yeah, I've been traveling, but I, I was getting all my stuff assembled and primed that needs to go. The partisan board is is done. I've got all of that painted and ready to go on my partisan board. So. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. The artillery board uh, I'm doing, spoiler alert, that's going to be an objective board. All three objective capture points are done, and I think they look pretty good. Um, I needed a couple extra scenery pieces for it that are a very specific make, so when I was on one of my trips, we rattled off a number of 22 rounds, so I'd have some shell casings. I know that sounds weird, but they look really good next to the artillery piece I have. So. It sounds like a lot of fun just to make those uh, Wait, did you, pieces. Wait, it, it was, in fact. Did okay. you take those on a plane back then? No, no, that was on a driving trip. Okay, all right, good. That's probably Wise That choice. was on a driving trip, yeah. I was a little concerned all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, Jeff. <laughs> okay. No, TSA already loves me. I don't want to make friends with one of the dogs. With right. you and your knife collections? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that you have to ship back to yourself every once in a while? Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous, so... No, it it was fine. So yeah, so I got a lot of stuff done, and I mean, I had a lot of terrain pieces done. 
Uh, and what I'm doing right now is kind of upgrading. I had a few from uh, who makes them Plasticraft games that, while I think they look really nice on a club table, I I don't know if they look good on like a table I would show to someone else. Does that make sense? Which one? No, I, I totally get what you're talking about. Oh yeah, all right. They're the, you know the two-story yeah. townhouse buildings they have where you, you can pull them off and the ruins are there at the bottom. Right. It's kind of a cool feature. It's fun when you're playing a game. They look they look okay, but I really feel like these you know the MDF buildings just look better. Yeah, because those are like foam core printed foam yeah. core. So yeah. like the edges are all white. Like yes, and, and I, a good I, sneeze would knock them off the table. Right. They're, they need yeah. to get some weight to them. But I think if you could just go through and almost like just paint the edges that would do enough for me to make it feel less I don't know, less intrusive. Yeah. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for right now. I get now. what you're well, saying about upgrading kind of what you have because you have, you know, certainly playable stuff and I'm kind of doing the same thing too with some of mine is it's playable but there's there's kits that we're coming across now and that we're going to we're going to cover later that are just better, sharper yes. and more, yes. you know, more than what we have. I totally get that. Exactly. And that's yeah. and that's kind of a mess. So it's like these these two buildings that we've had since almost I think they're two of the first buildings I ever put down on the table here when we were playing bolt action. So, I mean, I really like them, but yeah, they're just, I think if you had an entire table of them, they wouldn't stick out as bad and they'd be okay. But at this point, I don't really want to invest in more of them. So when I feel like there's better options, so, so there's that. (laughs) Why do I feel like there was a whole table of them at one of the game day events that we went to? I don't know if those were Plasticraft or if those... I, oh, I those, those, were, were, those were different companies. Those were Crescent Root, I think. They those were Crescent Root. Those, yes, those were beautiful, but they were... Those were, yes, gorgeous. I think it was, again, though, because it, it was such an amassed amount of them that I think that helps it, I yes. think, to Pat's point. like I don't know if they would stand up by themselves if you just had a, a building out there. I think it was part of it was that there was so much of it. Yeah, I, com- I cool. completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. So, And as gorgeous as Crescent Root is, I'm not at the point where I want to drop $1,000 oh to have a table. Yeah, so. Right. <laughs> as beautiful as that table was, that was a lot of money. Right. Table. Interestingly, I think it's actually, you spend that much, but it's worth it because it does, in fact, look that good. Also, I don't know that you have to paint those. You don't. So no, they're, that's just, you right. pop them out and put them on the table. So it, it was a beautiful table. Yeah, well, it's that's awesome. Right until Jesse picks up one of my buildings and drops it on one of his buildings, and everything gets smashed. And I'm like, <laughs> that only happened once. That only so far. <laughs> well, so, and we're, it's like and we're bringing it. Setting up to rain. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it's like, man, I just painted that. Man, come on. <laughs> well, and to be fair, it's, it's going to be at a tournament, so it's going to get some abuse. It's just well, the way it is. That's fine. I want it to like few look people good. People are going to pick them up and drop them on other buildings. So. <laughs> I mean, Jesse Sharp, might. Sharknado. You never know. Sharknado six. Yeah, if we're going to make a joke board, by the way, from now on, it's going to be a Sharknado board where it's just big cloud <laughs> tornadoes with sharks hanging out of them. Actually, I think we might do better just putting a, like a display board of Sharknado somewhere in there, like a, the scoring table or something. Oh, my God. I almost want to make a little Sharknado display and give that to whoever scores the lowest and be like, here's your Sharknado. Good job. <laughs> you got sharknado You got Sharknado'd. Uh, I, you, survived, you survived the least amount of time in a Sharknado game. Good job. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something because I think there's a lot of... We could just have purple suns running down the down all the tables. 
but yeah. they're just Sharknados instead. The Sharknados, yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll not do that. Let's not let's not get this too. That's out of not your third board, though, is it, Jeff? Because well, it could be Sharknado, I guess. No. So the third board, I I will sheepishly admit that I didn't know I was doing three boards until Pat sent out the thing, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess I did say I'd do a third board. I'm Luckily, drunk and commit. And it was totally, totally. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> I have enough terrain. I just have to get it painted. So it won't. I haven't decided what that board's going to look like yet. It might be my desert. Other desert board, the, the Crest B fifty two. Yeah, that actually is strongly considering that's what that that board might be, is a no man's land with that crashed B twenty B uh B seventeen sitting in the middle of it. Thank you. The problem is, is again noob noob mistake. When I was first getting into this, I did this crashed B seventeen. It looks great, except it's on like quarter inch MDF, so it's on a super thick base, and it's all done. So what I need to do is get like a power sander and bevel the edges, and that's just gonna suck. Just suck. That's but, right, because that one's on. Like you didn't actually bevel those edges before you did that one. No, God yeah. no. Uh, it sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just gonna be doing the edges of it. The problem is, is that like that's pretty rough though. It's not that's my a lot favorite of sanding. thing in the world. And I don't actually own a power sander, so then I gotta buy a well, power sander. You almost borrow one. I was going to say, you almost need an angle grinder at that point. Yeah. As I might. I power sander's not going to do enough for that quarter inch just to get gonna, it down. You're going to tear the shit out of it with the, with the sand on it already. You're going to have to get something a little more powerful. We'll, we'll chat offline. We'll figure we'll, something yeah, out. We'll figure here, something yeah. out if you want to make that happen. Some I might C4 make that happen because I love that B-17 bit. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it pretty good sweet. with some smoke on it. So Right. But, yeah, I think that's going to probably be the third board I do then. And so, okay. Yeah. I mean, I got enough terrain to do another board anyway if I wanted to because – and I, every time I side spoiler alert, every time I look at these companies we're going to talk about, I see more stuff I want to buy. So right, there's there's you know, never a shortage of cool. Never a shortage, especially in this era of, of gaming, and you know World War II gaming. It's been around forever. There's a lot of train for it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so I can give a. I'm 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 kind of with Dale where I've, you know, I I made some pretty strong progress and then I kind of putzed out here a little bit, um, just been pretty busy lately but uh i've been putting flock on some of the jungle board so i don't know if i posted pictures recently but i've got all the color in got all the hills in still building trees for it because i need like 40 bunches of trees uh i put all the water effects in which i think are you know pretty nice they're i may be a little shallower than i want them to be but i'm also not willing to spend like another 50 bucks on on water effects so (laughs) it is what it is yeah, that stuff's more about the the paint you put about it than the depth of the water effect. Right. So yeah. So I shaded it all in. Like I airbrushed in all the color on all the all of like the like. So there's a bunch of swamp areas. If you go on our Facebook on our Facebook, I posted about it. Uh, basically, I have these swampy areas that are going to get that I basically filled in, you know, blasted in black, and then I blasted in some dark greens, and I kind of filled in some lighter areas, so it had a nice good depth effect. And then basically this is just like a gloss effect over it. So it looks like water, yep. which I think is all it really is doing. And it, it looks pretty good. It's pretty, it's, I wish it was a little bit higher up in the board. So it was, it didn't look like the, the cork that I'm using for the swamp. The one thing you do to increase the depth of that is to actually uh, use the, the water paste, the water effects paste and kind of get some ripples on there. So that'll actually sure. help the depth a little bit. I trying to, I'm trying to keep it pretty still though, because swamps don't tend to have waves in them. No, just just around like the the stalks that are sticking out. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Just yeah. that will kind of give a different illusion to it. 
I could try something. I, you know, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with it. Is I would I might go back and make it a little bit deeper. If or I if can, you like it, stop futzing with it and move on. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Like I need to get all the rest of it done. So I'm kind of so like I've built all the table or all the buildings for it. I've got a lot of a lot of buildings for it, which is really nice. Um, you know, like all the roads are done, but I just need to flock everything and then start putting in some detail pieces. I'm I'm thinking about like kind of what Dale was doing with those sandbags and finding some sandbag like you know checkpoint checkpointy type stuff for a jungle board where people would set up defensive perimeters so that one's that one's pretty well in progress i've been building a bunch of other terrain for some of my second boards i haven't quite laid out how i want it to look yet uh so i have a, a essentially a european countryside board um what i've been deeming this out well yeah, I'll, I'll let it out of the bag. I kind of want to do a sound of music board. I think I've talked about this in the podcast before anyway. Yes, you have. Yeah, so essentially I, I, like... It's not new to us anyway. No, right. Yeah, it's not new to you guys, but it's a... I, I won't even call it a joke, but it's just kind of an homage to what the sound of music is during that You just want to call frame. it the Van Trap board? Yeah, kind of. I kind of want to. Like, I was trying to figure out how I could get a, a church in one corner and a uh, the theater in the other, but I'm like, that sounds like... that's too That's too much. So... We'll see how that plays out. It's going to be it's going to be subtle. It's not going to be over the top or to like beat your head over it uh, over the over the theme of it. So, and I mean, you're not going to have a, a small little family modeled up in the hill and no, not not and... anything, not anything quite as uh, as overt as that. Well, yeah, because there's the O scale little families that they have for the trains. Right? I'm sure I could find a von Trapp family <laughs> O set. I'm sure. Well, maybe not. Oh, but I'm sure I could find a set of Von Trapp family uh, railroad miniatures. I'm sure I could, but that, that that's too much. Uh, and then, well, I don't even remember what my last board is. Oh, it's the factory board. So I, I have been. I have not actually started building that one yet because I feel like I've got two boards in flight. I'd like to get those at least ninety percent of the way there, and then I'll work on the last one again. That one actually will go together pretty quickly anyway. I think because it'll be pretty monotone compared to these other boards. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's just 12 boards and that's how many we need. So, yep. And we will, we'll probably be reaching out to some people in a month and being like, we're not getting, Oh all my of God, this please loan us train. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know you what know, we were doing. We, we have, we have people who have, who've already pledged, being back up, I guess, for us. So they very graciously have offered their terrain, and there's a lot of very beautiful terrain for us to be able to pick from, which is great. Yeah, and a lot them. of it is fantastic terrain. Yep. So for our backups out there, special thanks to uh, John Stentz. Um, who else? It was uh, Jacob. Yep, it's also in there. Yep, Jacob as well. Nick Fenske as well. And Nick Fenske, yeah. So those three guys have all pledged to have at least a table standing by for us. Um, at least they said that some time ago. If that's still true or not. I mean, they're playing in the tournament, so I imagine their train's not doing anything else. So hopefully they're, if need be, we still got that as backup, right? Right. Yep. And in future years, when we decide that we need to have 150 players, we might be able to borrow all their stuff. <laughs> well, we're doing a 40-player GT next year, right? Oh, my God. No, we're not making any commitments no. at this point. <laughs> let's, let's get through year one before we decide on anything else, please. Yeah, let's, make sure anyone, let's make sure people want to come back. Right, exactly. Right. We might, right. might sign it up for it be like crickets. Hey, look... Uh, Oh, okay. No. Well, I guess we can play. Sure. Yeah, we all, we'll just play each other. We'll just rent a boardroom and all play together. That sounds great. 
Um, yeah, so you guys, this is, it, it's killing me every time because Jacob is doing this to me. I swear to God, he's just killing me here. You guys are going to get to play in another event that I cannot go to. And it's it's just around the corner. You guys been doing any prep for that at all? Um, not really. I mean, I've got my <laughs> army already painted, and okay. I've got a list. I picked up um, the Empire and Flames um, campaign book, and uh, or theater book, I guess is what it is. And so, looking at uh, there's an early war list there that's that's actually pretty brutal, and I'm, I've been having fun, you know, clubbing baby seals with that for the past few weeks. So. I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. That's right. awesome. Well, I mean, like, he's like, hey, we're going to do an early war because that's something no one else does, and it's a 1,000 points. And I was like... Hey, that's right in your wheelhouse. That's that's what I brought to Bug Eater. I mean, that's exactly what I brought to Bug Eater. Who, who asked me on Thursday night, oh, was your list early war? And I turned and looked at him like, um, it's France, so... Yes, it's it's early war. <laughs> I'm not playing the Germans. I'm not playing the Germans or the Americans. Yeah. yeah, he was complaining because I wrecked him, and he's like, "All oh, my guys stink in the early war." So, yeah, it's kind of like um, every. I don't. I don't get anything else, right? This this is the the maximum amount of being French you get in this game. So, well, I, until you get to play as Americans in '45. Well, that's that's playing as Americans, right. though. Right. That's but with French game. uniforms and baguettes and stuff. <laughs> so I, I'm actually... What I'd like to play and what I can play are two different things. I I'm regretfully have not gotten my, my dreaded Gurkhas together. So that may come as wow, a relief wow. to anyone listening, I know. So I will not be running any Gurkhas. Uh, I will, however, I did manage to squeeze in my M3 Stuart with all its glorious machine guns. So I did get that together, and uh, I just have to finalize the list and send it in. I'm waffling between about two or three. And no matter what, I'm going to submit one, and about 30 seconds later, I want to change to the other one. And then by the time I get done with the event, I'll have wanted to play the first one anyway. So, you know, whatever. That sounds about accurate, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's Gosh, if I, just, if I had just done this other list, I totally could have taken you there a problem that's kicking my butt. <laughs> it's kind of the way it goes. Okay, well, so not much there, but it is uh, it is fastly approaching. So really looking forward to it. Saw the yeah. picture of the the glasses he's given out to the participants. Love etched glasses as souvenirs because mm-hmm. you know they who doesn't need an extra your... pint glass? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they tell a story too, which I love. So. Right? Yeah, you yep. can have them on your wall or in your cabinet, or you can drink beer out of them. Well, well, you can't drink out of beer out of all of them, though. That's a problem, right? So you I gotta... can drink beer out of all of them at once. <laughs> so one big super straw running to one major straw. You got I could, it. I could see that being like the, you got them all lined up on the bar and you're doing car bombs. You like tap the shot glass into all of them. There's car bombs and go. Yeah. I get about through eight and then I'll be on the floor. Thank you. Right. Well, there yeah, you go. Maybe no maybe we should do uh, shot glasses for Renegade. No, just kidding. Not committing to that. Yeah, that's no. It says too much about us. Right, like maybe, maybe a life. little too much, yeah, exactly. Cool. All right, well, this kind of leads right into the, well, we kind of had a little interim there with the, with the game day thing. But so we're, uh, we kind of talked about this just at the beginning of all of our game boards and stuff, but we've been gathering a boatload of products from all sorts of different companies. And I think we could go through a couple of them. I think we should go through some of them that we have basically that we've gotten stuff from so uno momento well i mean let's let's be clear we haven't actually received anything 
like we haven't had companies send us anything for free or anything true. like that. True, true, true. Sorry, yeah. You know, went and looked and found stuff that we wanted, and then purchased the stuff. Although, you know, because of the bulk orders and things like that, and sometimes there's some uh, cross sponsorship with the tournament, we may we may get some discounts or something like that. But this isn't one of those things where any of these companies have outright just sent us free stuff, asking us to review their stuff. So, correct. That is a right. good disclaimer at the front of it: is that this is these are honest. This is honest. Uh, honest reviews. This isn't something that we're getting paid to do. Our opinions can't be bought. And I got paid fifty dollars to say that. Wait, what? You only got paid fifty. Yeah. What'd you get paid? Fool. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk salary on the air, off the air. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I haven't. I haven't made a cent off any of this stuff. So actually, um, actually I think it's costing us to do it, right? Right. Well, I mean, you get to own the stuff at the end of the day. So, uh, so well, let's. Sure. I, I mean, let's break down what we've. I, I mean. Maybe people haven't seen how much stuff we've gotten so far. So, do we want to run down things that we've gotten, or do we want to just talk about the things that we are found to be exciting? Or, well, let's. I mean, we should. We should be. Let's talk about the things we can actually provide feedback on. So, sure. The things. So the things we put together, which in in a lot of our cases is quite a bit of stuff. That's the that's the rub. Is like there's a lot of stuff that we've we've done work on. Yeah, maybe maybe highlights then. I suppose. How do you want to? How do you want to do this exactly? Should I just? I mean, who do who do I rub one out? Well, go by company, I think. <laughs> sure, well, go, a, go well, by company. Let's even go so far as to like, uh, like for example, I've touched on the Pegasus Bridge in several. I've touched the Pegasus Bridge in several episodes, in that kit. You touched so, I mean, it. I've touched Ooh. it. I've touched on it all over the place. Anyway, so just a tip. We know my thoughts on that one, so I, I will just clear that. Who but let's talk about that. Uh, that's actually a Sarissa. Okay. But there's other manufacturers for that same board. The but. kit I got was from Sarissa, but it was yeah. also bulked with Warlords, so they include from Sarissa, but it was yeah. also bulked with Warlords, so they include Germans, and you get some some weapons and stuff like that. So it's a it's a nice bulk campaign designed to reenact the Pegasus Bridge. So that was very nice, um, guys. What are some of the other? I mean, we did a huge Sarissa order. And what was some of the? Let's just get the highlights out of what you guys really sure. liked out of those kits. That watermill wow. kit is awesome. The watermill one, yeah, that yeah. looked pretty cool when you were putting that together. At first, I heard watermelon, but watermelon kit is awesome too. <laughs> See, it's just a big ball of MDF. <laughs> just a huge ball. <laughs> you have those at the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is that seedless yeah. MDF? Se- seedless MDF. Seedless, seedless yeah. MDF. Yeah, okay. highest quality. Yeah, no, that seeds yeah. in the, no, in the so garbage. I, I put together a bunch of Sarasa stuff already, like the Chateau. I think everyone, almost all of us have the Chateau that they that they sell, and it's a beautiful kit. It's, I will say, there like from my from my experience with Sarasa stuff is that it's kind of certain pieces are a pain in the butt to put together. That's just that's to say, almost all terrain is this way. So this isn't necessarily a negative comment about it. Their stuff is fiddly and it has lots of little bits, which I think is really nice because it does give you a lot of detail, but it also is a lot of extra work. Like, I'm, like holy cow! I'm going to put this out here, Rick. That that chateau is a picnic compared to that freaking spotlight kit. Yeah. Oh my I, god. Oh my god. I, I hated that thing so many different times. <laughs> oh, I swore at that thing so much. It's just like <laughs> I did. I did that kit. I was like, I'm going to spend four hours putting kits together. I started on that. 
I did it in about an hour, and I was like, I think I'm done for the day because I just want to smash everything else I'm looking at. Well, it's funny because I felt the same way about the Chateau, and I actually stopped for the night because of that, the staircase on that one. Oh, God. Like, lining up every single tread. Mm-hmm. I And I'd, I provide him this feedback, but, like, having some engineering background or, like, you know, design background, I understand that there isn't a better way to do that. It's just a pain in the ass. It's just no way yeah. around it. Like even construction wise, stairs are a pain in the ass. Right. And right. and this like essentially they're doing like tiny building stairs. Tiny yeah. scale tiny oh. scale real stairs is what they're doing and it's really complicated to get Fun them. Fun story for you. So back ten years ago back my wife and I had our house built. Um, we were touring it by you know, one of the times one of the stages when they're doing stuff and at the header at the top of the stairs someone had actually written, Don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, make damn sure you get these things in right before we finish them. Yeah, it was hysterical. God. So, so uh, stairs are a pain in the butt, apparently. The funny story about that is, so I worked on a Habitat for Humanity house, and so I worked one week, and then I worked like, and I worked like two weeks later. I worked for another week on the same house, and I came back. The, so the first week, we're framing the outside of the house, so it's it, you know it's shell there's nothing going on it's you can't you can't even vision what the house looks like two weeks later i come back and somebody put the stairs in backwards like you couldn't walk up or down the stairs because they were both facing exterior walls like it was super funny it was like and then so that basically my day my day that day was to take the stairs out and turn them around and then put them back in it was brilliant so to summarize stairs suck (laughs) They're pretty little tough. Pretty much, pretty much. Miniature uh, or full size. The habitat I'm... for stupidity tour must have come through before you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it is it is volunteer labor, so it's you know like you I felt kind of. You're not getting right? the skilled labors there. You're getting the guys like, hey, I got some nails and I can swing a hammer. Let's do. You this. know, and the funny thing is, is they said that a, ha- a habitat for humanity house will survive more than any others one, and it's primarily because they put about ten times as many freaking nails into it than the it's rest of them. Over engineered, yeah. right? Well, it's just because they're pounding nails in instead of using a nail gun. So yeah, it's just sure. anyway. Yeah, it's long. Yeah, it's way off topic. Long story but longer. Yeah, I'm really worried about putting those factories together from Sarasa. I bought a, a bunch of the factory stuff, which looks really cool, but those factories look like they could be fiddly too. I, well, I overall, know. I would say that, okay, so what's really nice is that they they have good guides you can follow for most yes. of the kits, which is really nice. And then once in a while, you run across just a really futsy where all the pieces are kind of the exact same, except... And you're yeah. stacking them together, and you're gluing yourself on top of glue, and then you're just like, ugh. So, yeah, I like found... the spotlight kit, like the radar station. That was that was pretty easy put together. Yeah, not bad at all. Other than you know, I wasn't paying attention to the directions because I figured I could do just fine and put the dish together, basically upside down two different <laughs> times before I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so they give you directions for Christ's sake. Look at them, you know. No, right. man, I don't look at directions. No, and it's like it's like literally you you peel the plastic and the sheet that's in there is the directions, which is I think also really brilliant and something that having come from other game systems with MDF terrain, uh, Infinity primarily, where you you have to go online and look at their stuff online, and you're just like, dude, this is why am I looking online for directions for a thing that I have in my hand? It drives me crazy. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh I, I was going to say, one of those other ones that I found to be kind of, it wasn't futsy. Excuse me. Uh, it wasn't futsy, but it was kind of like 
hard to put together was the the fountain. I don't know if any of you guys have put the phone together. It's a tiny little kit. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I put the phone together. It, yes. it, it, it was, like, hard to get it, like, all lined up and square the way you wanted to. But it was it's, it is a pretty kit when you're done with it. I was doing just fine until I had to put the, the tower with the little cross and stuff in there. And it, she just didn't want to go. And so one of the things just buckled. So I just cut the thing off and called it good. Other than well, that, my, I didn't have any problem with it. My little cross thing at the top is bent at about a 30-degree angle because it didn't go in right. <laughs> okay. And it was like the glue dried, and I was like, well, screw it. It looks oh, like it's old. I also filed all those square openings before oh, I put the whole thing together. Oh, you smart son of a gun. Hey, I'd, oh, I'd put together smart. enough of those kits that, yes, you want to start filing those tight fits where they stack things up. Yeah. I actually learned that by doing the spotlight one where I didn't do mm. any of that. So yeah. all the rest of them, I started all those things where they stack on the squares, especially the wheels on things. Yeah. You start. You need to file those those things up a little bit more, so you get yep. you want it really really loose because that glue is going to tighten it, and then when that glue hits the MDF, it's just going to suck it up and expand. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's going to just swell a little a bit. bit. It's going to be really really tight. You want hey, you want you want to hear a fun one? Oh, go go ahead now. Is that is that a downside to those small kits then? I mean, is it the MDF like two millimeter? It's a smaller or thinner MDF to start with, and then how much extra time do you have to spend? You know, filing away the points of contact to kind of get a better fit. Depends on the file you use. I got some really nice um, Army Painter, uh, like the their quote unquote diamond files, and I'm you know three four swipes on each surface done. Okay, that's not too bad then. No. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I thought <laughs> I made a funny comment to my wife. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna put in this spotlight kit together. I think maybe I'm gonna." Put it together in such a fashion that I can put a little tin foil in the back and an LED light and have it be an actual working spotlight. And then I started putting it together and I was like, funk that. <laughs> this this may not get painted. I may replace it really quick. <laughs> no bad signal then, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, no. Yeah, bummer. Other That'd small cool. tip, just overall on MDF kits, I think we all, as far as the four of us, use the... Um, as far as primer is concerned, you can't use your standard plastic or pewter primer that's using miniatures because the MDF just, you know, is so absorbent. It just sucks everything up. That yeah. we, I think we all use this Rust-Oleum 2X. Yep. It, the, primary, the primary difference is that it's an enamel primer, which sits on the surface better than a, on a standard mm. primer. Pro tip, make sure when you get the next can to buy only primer, not primer plus paint like I did. Oh, Interesting. Don't don't do that. It's very bad. Didn't work out. Well, it like seals. So when I tried to spray with my air gun, you know, and spray paint, sure. on, it just beat it up on you. It beated, and I was like, yep. "Son of a." That's oh, I was just gonna uh, say that. So there's a way around that. If you guys are interested, this is another you know pro hobby tip: is that if you want to be able to spray airbrush over the top of something, you can put a coat of uh, matte varnish over it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's actually what I ended up yep. doing. <laughs> which which will allow you to do the airbrushing over the top of it. So you, you need ahead. something that just creates like a surface for the rest of the paint to stick to. True. Because yep. the rust oleum, the the primer plus, you know, like if you do any of the colors, that's what those are. Oh, if that's get, what I do. If I you do get the too, colors. If you go too heavy on it, the rust oleum whole thing is that you know they're you know the in the eighties and nineties there was no runs, no drips or errors, meaning it would not rust, and so that it actually creates a, a surface tension so that you can't put anything to penetrate that any further. Right. That's the, that's the Rust-Oleum design. So that's what happens if you get too heavy. But if you do a light enough coat with the 2X, it'll still work. But if it gets to the point where it kind of has a gloss shine to it, 
you've gone too far and you have to do what you're talking about where you do like just a varnish or just blast it with any other primer or something that gives it some some grit and some surface for the other paint to stick to. Yep. It's funny, I painted a fair amount of terrain with all of their colored paints and I found them to be very forgiving in general, but that's just from personal... Well, I, perhaps I hold the primer button, button down a little more than you do, I guess. <laughs> it's a possibility. I've been priming, <laughs> I, I prime light. Well, I do not. And, and that was the other thing that I was doing with all my terrain is I'd prime it black and then I would prime it with that again. So I would put two coats of paint on it. So I wasn't exactly going for a deep, the, the color, the color layer is not necessarily meant as a full primer. It's more of a toning something. So I tried to shortcut some stuff when I was doing back when I was doing my infinity stuff and it looked okay, but I just couldn't get any other color to go on top of it. Like Jeff said, it was just yeah. beating up and running off. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. There's uh, like I said, Matt Varnish takes care of that. That that is one. Dale brought up a good point about this. Is I feel like the Sarasa stuff, and and this is not something I was used to until I started working with their stuff. It's two millimeter MDF, which is a big difference. It it felt flimsy when I started working with it, but I feel okay with it for the most part. The only time I really can get some concerned about it is like when you're working with like a a broken building or a bombed out building, and it has like the the rafters and stuff exposed that those pieces feel too flimsy for me. Otherwise I feel like the two millimeter is no different than anything else. Yeah. You just had to be gentle with yeah. certain pieces with it, I think. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest concern is just from a t- tournament perspective. Like if it was my own table at home, I wouldn't care, but in a tournament setting, you know, like you can't guarantee people aren't going to bust that stuff, which is fine. That's what a tournament is, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's not maybe quite as durable for tournament play as I would like it to be. Well, I'm not going to knock it. I'm going to let it go through this tournament. We'll see how it survives, and I'll give my assessment of it afterwards. Sure, we can. Yeah, we can. We can do a follow up after that and see how well it survives. I, I'd be curious. Cool. So overall, design wise, uh, we like it. It's pretty clever stuff. Yeah. Um, aesthetically, I think they have some some really really outstanding kits actually i don't yes. own any sarissa stuff personally um any comments on overall value great bang for the buck i think okay so thumbs up from from jeff anybody else it's it's pretty much par par for the course you know it's it's right in line with what other companies are putting out there um the complexity behind some of them is more than it needs to be but you know when you're trying to trying to build stuff that's 3D and you're trying to do it out of a series of two millimeter sections, you know you have to do what you have to do. So the creative, I just think some it comes down to kit selection. Sometimes some pieces are just better to not have to do that MDF stack up with. But for the most part, the kits that I've worked with, I like them, and I, I don't feel I was overpriced buying them. No, I th- I think yeah I would agree that that overall value is very good. You're getting your money's worth, and I do feel like they are probably of all of our of all of our stuff that we've gotten so far. I do feel like they might be the most accurate to architecture of Europe during that time. So, from a realistic standpoint, the right? Best. Okay, I, I that's my personal take on it, but I think that is. I don't know, Jeff. Do you agree? Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that they're the best, but I will say that they are for the most part accurate. How about that? No, I'm not, I'm not saying they're the best. I'm saying of, of all the stuff, I feel like they are the most accurate history. I'm not trying to... How about to the best them. one we've talked about so far? I'm just going to go with they are accurate. They, they are <laughs> there, accurate there historically. Fair enough. Up. Yeah, fair, yeah, there you go. All right. All right, so then and then my final question then, 
and I'll do this for each one of these. Do you feel like the kits um, and the selection is available? Do you feel like it will mix and match well with other manufacturers, or do you feel like this is one of those um, terrain companies where um, they really, in order for them, in order for it to work, Sarissa to work, it has to be on a full table of Sarissa stuff? I would just say no. I, I think they mix and match with everything just fine. Okay, I think that actually is an important part because that increases their value, in my opinion. Yeah, I, as I say, I feel like there's very few things that actually don't go well together, personally. Like, I understand what you're asking, but I don't know that I feel like any of the manufacturers that we have tend to, unless the scales are super different, I don't think that really is a, is a problem. It's more about how you paint it, I guess, at that point. Yeah, I would say they're definitely in scale, and they look fine with other buildings. Um, I mean, obviously, the... <laughs> The paint jobs aren't going to mesh well with some other companies because some other companies, frankly, they look more weathered or better, and my stuff does not look weathered. It looks like somebody painted it last week. So I think architecturally, though, they'll match with just about anything, yeah. Okay, sounds cool. good. What's next? Uh, so I think the next one we've gotten uh, a fairly sizable order from is Foreground. I admittedly have not put any of my foreground stuff together because all of the foreground stuff I ordered is for my factory boards. Yeah, you got shipping crates and hardware and storage rack yep. and a bunch like of like all of my stuff. detail pieces. Yeah, all the detail Which, stuff. By the way, table. you had mentioned you wanted some telegraph poles. I do have some extra. I don't Sweet. need every. I don't need all of them for the Pegasus Bridge that I thought I was going to. Okay, so we'll check. I'm sure, we'll get you some. Okay. Uh, Jeff, you got what the woodshed and the ruined house kit number I two. I did. Yeah, the ruined house kit, it was, was, you know, it's a little hard to put together, but once you get in the groove, it's not so bad. So it's sort of like double-sided MDF, so like, you know, you're, you're putting smooth backs together to make two pieces together and they have texture on the outsides. It's solid, right? I really liked the kit once I got it together, even though, again, I cursed at it a few times, um, but it was nice. The woodshed, on the other hand, really took me to the woodshed. Uh, so like... <laughs> That sounds very unfortunate. Oh, so like it's it's cool, right? Like I open it up, it's this little tiny woodshed. I'm like, oh, I'll throw this together in like 10 minutes. I love this. So the frame of it goes up in like 10 minutes, no problem. But see, the outside of it is layered slat board, right? So like each board lays a little bit on top of the next one. All of those boards go on individually. They're all gray boards, so like that thin cardboardy stuff. And it gives you sort of a guideline, but not really on the spacing of it. So you got to build it from the ground towards the top and just hope your spacing was right so the pieces all fit. Dear Lord. So you're like actually siding a building. Yes. In 28 millimeters scale. A miniature but building. But without a ladder. Without, with gray board. <laughs> you don't need a ladder to, to actually side that one is what the advantage is there, I guess. Right. Uh, I, I was not pleased with that. It was an awful lot of work for a woodshed. Now, when it's done, I, I like how it looks, but that might have been... In the future, I think my woodshed is going to be made out of plywood or something. <laughs> yeah, so, good I, luck I, finding I'll, an O-scale tape measure to measure out all those slatted boards. <laughs> I will say this. So I, I believe the, the big claim of foreground is that all their stuff is supposed to be, quote-unquote, pre-painted and not require painting afterwards. Is that, that I think that's the whole gist of what their, all their t- kits are supposed to be. So I had gotten, like, they have these little barricades, which are like, you know, four or five sticks with, uh, you know, planks that have razor wire wrapped around them. 
Those were simple enough. You see them pretty much everywhere. They're kind of a big staple. Honestly, I don't remember ever seeing them in a World War II picture or photo anywhere, but they're a nice kit. They work well. Trouble is that they're really light, and having played with them in tournaments, they're never going to be in the exact same spot that you set them up at the beginning of the tournament because they are so light. Um, I also got a couple of their houses, which, again, the pre-painted is really nice. So what they do is they, they have a specific paint for each of these, the, the planks that they have. And like Jeff said, you're doing the back-to-back, so, all the, so they've got, you're, you're gluing smooth side to smooth side with MDF. And they do actually, in their instructions, tell you to get a bunch of uh, clothespins and hold them together with the clothespins. Don't skip this step, or it just doesn't work. The stuff will warp, it'll bend, it'll peel apart, and you're just going to have a, a tough time of it. The first time, I'm like, clothespins, what do you need those for? I'll just hold them together until it's done. Well, if you've used, uh, like, you know, the standard Elmer's glue or the PV, PVA glue or whatever it is, it doesn't dry really fast, and MDF doesn't respond super well to super glue, ironically enough. So my first building kind of got a little off kilter and a little wonky, like it was done by, like, you know, one of Rick's crews in Homes for Habitats or whatever it was. And then the second one, when I got the gist of how it went together. So the first one probably took me four and a half hours over two nights. The second one I got done in about two hours, two and a half hours, less drying time in the next two nights. So it went together really bad. It looks really good. Uh, the one really thing I would say, so they're pre-painted stuff. I think an entire table of foreground terrain, to answer Dale's question coming up at the end of this, would look fantastic. Can you mix and match it? I'm going to try because I don't feel like buying another six buildings for any of my tables because they are a little bit higher on the pricey end. I think you're you're paying for that pre-painted thing, which I know a lot of people – well, I won't say a lot. I know there's some, there are people out there who would rather just buy their stuff, let me open up, put it together, put it on the table, and then I have to paint it. I'm fine. Let's play. I'm not necessarily one of those people. But in this case, that's their whole. I believe that's their whole selling selling point for foregrounds that their stuff is ready to play once it's assembled. Are they a little more expensive than Sarissa is? Yes. Okay. For similarly sized buildings and stuff, yes. But they're again, I, I, they're pre painted. They're pre painted, and, the, and I think the, they're almost twice. They're 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 time and a half to twice at least. Okay. I believe. With the uh, double-sided MDF, do you get more detail for that, though? Like your so you're getting, de- you're, getting like you're getting detail on the exterior and the interior of it. Okay. Whereas, and with you know, bolt action, that could be kind of nice because we do play inside buildings and things like that. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and the other thing, you know, so yes, it's pre-painted, but they have the three colors they use, which is like literally a reddish and a whitish and a bluish so they got the red brick the white and then they, they paint it before they do the laser cutting so it actually it's actually really clever that they do that because the actual laser cutting kind of burns and kind of gives some some natural shading to all the the edging and stuff to it and then as they you know they turn the the edge of the mdf out in certain spots which adds a different texture coloring to it so they they're really clever in their engineering and making these kits that they they broke up their their blank colors a lot with the with the stuff. Okay. Yeah. I guess my one beef with that is when you look at like the side of a building, like where the you know, where they have those uh like the mortise joints. I don't know if that's called a mortise joint. Dovetail joint, essentially. 
where you know they have the interweaving teeth that mm-hmm. it, it kind of breaks the illusion up a little bit just in my in my perspective right cuz very few buildings actually have that in them right yeah, yeah i mean I'm looking at a couple of their other buildings that I didn't you know purchase. But and that's that's not okay. exclusive to foreground. That's most of those MDF building kits. True, have, true, have true. that dovetailing to them. Right. It's just a little bit more obvious when they when it's pre-painted, right? So that you know because they're pre, they're sure. painting it flat and then putting it in your, when you put it together and you're seeing you the edge. see those edges. Yeah. Yep. Whereas they're they're a little bit less treated than the rest. But I suppose you could go through and just paint those edges, and that would probably help make them you know that much better but they they do look really good i like the cracks and like yeah you, like you said you get that little smoky effect from the the laser cutting through the through the paint which is kind of nice i don't know has anyone else put any other foreground stuff together yet i i unfortunately have not so we'll have to follow up again once i get all my stuff together yeah i, I don't got have a, any foreground. i got a bunch of little itty bitty detail pieces that i'll it's going to be a little while for me on that one because that's my last board so so, but overall, impressive, uh, a little bit on the spendier side, but, you know, you're paying for a premium that you seemingly get. I agree, yeah. You're paying for a premium you get. It's solid. So, thumbs up. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice to not have to paint all your terrain. Sometimes, like, especially for, like, a tournament where you're, like, like we're putting 12 boards together, it's sometimes nice to be able to, like, oh, I can assemble this and be done with it. Like, I don't have to touch it anymore. It, it's really nice that they rate the difficulty of their kits. <laughs> right on there so okay. if you're like struggling with one you pick it up and you go four what was that other thing i put together in 20 minutes two i don't feel so bad anymore okay fine although i'm not sure what the upper end of their scale is i mean i know we talked to uh, who is it? it was paul that put the church together and that, that kit looks gorgeous assembled by the way i can't imagine the nightmare of the fit i would have trying to put it together but it looks outstanding once you get past skill level five, when you open the package, it's just a hand giving you the middle finger. So <laughs> okay, well that could be almost anything I open up. Then it's all right, I'm gonna, I'm nice. looking at the parish church right now to see what the skill level says it is. I'm not sure if they, did they post on the website. I'd be interested to the, know. The one that I just looked at had a had it. I was doing a little window shopping while we were talking. Still, uh, never happened one, before. This one, uh, no, I've never bought anything while we're talking about it. Uh, the, the parish church does not tell you how much it is or how, what the scale it is. The last one I looked at was a four, which is okay. a brownstone like building. And their, their typical buildings, uh, are, are listed at four. And then like, I think the razor wire kit that I talked about and the telephone kit that we had mentioned were, were twos or threes or something. So okay. it's really about how much glue is going to end up on your fingers when you're done putting the kit together. <laughs> how am I going to have fingerprints? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, don't forget those clothespins, uh, definitely. Because, okay. yeah, my first building did actually have fingerprints, and the, the glue got away and kind of peeled some of the pre-painted portion away. And, yeah, it doesn't go back down real smooth when it starts to lift up, just for the record. Okay, all right, good to know. We're using super glue or white glue? All white glue. Okay, yeah, I, I really like white glue with MDF. If people don't know, I think white glue is a better choice. It might take a little longer, but it doesn't seem to absorb like immediately into the wood. I feel like with super glue, it's like it's gone as soon as you put it on there. It, it, gets it, it gives up. you some correction time. Let's just true. Say. Yeah, that's true too. Because a lot Absolutely. of those kits, you find a better way to put it together after the second or third time you've put it together, and you go, "Oh, hey, I got the, the wrong piece." <laughs> <laughs> correct, yeah. better. Take your pick. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, I think that's all the foreground we have right now because I think we're we're still working through all this stuff. So it's we're you know this is preliminary looking at all of our stuff. I uh, the next one on our list that I that I've gotten to put some together, even though I never bought any, is Zolk which is a, a smaller company out of Canada. I think they're fairly new to the scene, if I remember correctly. I feel like they, they kind of aren't very big yet. Correct? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're creeping in. I think most of their stuff has been, just looking at their website and kind of the history of the website, is kind of more sci-fi, more of the, the 40K sort sure. of market. And they're, you know, they're really trying to work back into the bolt action. They've released a lot of stuff in recent months and you know so the stuff they're working on now i think is is pretty cool and a lot of it is he's getting more tailored towards what the world war ii scene is so a lot of the normandy stuff and some of the things that he had before he's definitely do still kind of fit in in a general sense yeah but yeah i i was gonna say i'm like i feel like it, it, relatively new, so it's Zolk. It's it, X O L K. dot C A. Yep, it, it's it's a word. It doesn't mean anything, so I'm told, and it doesn't stand for everything. It's just what they happen to pick, I guess. Because okay. that was the first question I had. So is it is it Zolk like folk with an X, or is it like X O L K like it stands for something? He's like, it's just Zolk, and it doesn't mean anything. I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> He's probably getting sick of being asked that question. He could no, be. but so, I mean. And this isn't, an, we're not like, we, we're purchasing stuff from this guy. He just happened to, you know, reach out to us at the right time. We were looking at buildings. And Dale was like, oh, wow, I can use these, you know, they have a urban war zone set. And I got to help Dale put some of it together because, holy cow, there's a lot, a lot of pieces that he's got to put together for his stuff. But you want to talk about it, Dale? Do you have any initial thoughts on, on the stuff you put together? Sure. Um, yeah, um we picked up the, or I picked up the mega urban war zone. Um, and it came on like, you know, 30 or 40 MDF sheets, like a pallet, just a, a, they have somebody rolled in a forklift with a bunch of MDF <laughs> yeah. on it. There's, there's quite a bit of, uh, of MDF there. So and, of, um, of the shipping weight, which was 20 kilograms when we had our order, I believe more than half of it was yours. Yeah, it was, it was, was that mega else. Yeah. And, um, I ended up coming ac- coming across it and, and seeing and and working out that it would be um, it would actually work out pretty well for this this board that we were talking about putting together <clears throat> and it wasn't it wasn't expensive and so the kits are, are reasonably straightforward in that you know it's you got a floor and a couple of walls and then maybe some additional floors um, and so there's not a ton of detail on these kits although. There is some clever detail in that the windows that are cut, you have um, you have little bottom window sills uh, that you can affix, and then you've also got like walkways out the front and the back, depending. And then on extra bits within the MDF sheets themselves, they'll cut out um, uh, ruined and broken boards and things like that, so you can scatter them. Uh, variously throughout and then there you know because it's a ruined war zone of buildings then there are like holes blown into walls and floors and and stuff like that so there's probably you know maybe 40 different pieces of building terrain from a complete building with the roof collapsed to 
um, an almost complete building with, you know, a third of the of the building blown away, and then other other various bits of corners of buildings or front entryways with stairs and things like that uh, intermixed throughout. And so um, having actually, with Rick's help, ultimately, well, not ultimately, but finally assembled all of them and putting them out there, based on what I want to do with them, I'm not even going to be able to use them all to cover one table. I could probably cover a table and a half, maybe even two tables, with this one kit. And so, you know, from that point of view, actually, the, um, you know, the, the value is really, really solid. Um, but there's not a great deal of detail, you know, it's, it's a single sheet of MDF and, you know, some of the floors might have some cracks etched into them, but, you know, it's not double-sided with a lot of detail and, and stuff like that, but it's not, it's not expensive stuff. At least this kit isn't. And it really feels like, um, from, um, the evolution of the company, this might be some of the early stuff because I know that Pat picked up a building that I'm, and um, he'll talk about that that is more engineered and, and is fantastic in my opinion. But for for the price and the amount of space that it's going to occupy, I think it's fantastic. And I love putting a lot of my own detail on on my kits anyways with the painting and stuff like that. So I think the more time you put into the kit, the bigger bang for the buck that you're going to be able to get out of it personally. So if you enjoy building and painting and adding detail, this could be something that fits in fits in really well in addition to that i got a couple of the of the of their wall kits that um uh, because i wanted to also see if i could fit them on my other board where i need fences and things like that to section off the ground and i was really impressed with their low uh town walls because you've got the mdf portion and then the gray board on top of it for the detail um and that came together really really well and then just the stone um the stone walls and those are um back to back so there's two two pieces of mdf that you select together and the stone detail is cut on each side um and so those went together but it's not it's just stone so there's not you know there's not really a lot of detail there but they're, they weren't expensive so overall i was i was pretty impressed so i think you know for the amount of money that we spent actually great value overall depending on what you're trying to get out of it yeah i bought a set of those uh low town walls actually two sets I really like them. That that might be one of my favorite wall kits I've made and put together. Yeah, it's nice. They're, they're straightforward. You've got two corner pieces. They fit together really, really well. I didn't have to do any kind of extra manipulation um, with you know filing filing down or anything like that. And then they he's, um, they have the capstones on top of it as well. And so you know it's like three four piece kits, but you know because of the actual thought and engineering in it, you get. You know, really nice looking, looking wall. So yeah, well, well done. Yeah, I think that the kit you got, Dale, is right around two hundred bucks for for the retail price on that. Yeah, I think it's listed at two seventy um, Canadian, and so it's like around two hundred bucks. So give or take the exchange rate when you get it. Right. So S- still a pretty good value, and I think this is one of those things where yeah. like it's to cover an entire. You know, if you're not doing anything, it covers one six by four space without doing anything to the buildings. And like I said, I'm actually right. basing them within block structures and for streets and things like that. And I just, I'm going to have so many buildings left over that, you know, I could probably, I could probably fudge it into two buildings or two two boards. I sure. heard you just say you can do three tables for the tournament. 
Well, I'd have to buy another mat. And we'll see. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that would so, be another table that looked exactly like another one, and we don't want to do that. Uh, it'd right. be okay. It'd be like its own zone. Uh, I will say the one thing I really like about this, and, it, and this is maybe uh, uh, what some would consider a drawback, but I actually think might work for this one, especially for this company in particular, is that it's the architecture. It's kind of architecturally agnostic. So there's not any one particular style. So it's not like you're, oh, you're definitely in France. It, it, the nice thing about that is you can almost play 40K with the same terrain. If you paint yes, it in a way... this set, I agree. Like, it would work in almost any setting. It's not... It's it's a little more abstracted than some of the other ones, which I think is okay. I, right, yeah. I the, think the that's Mega something Urban, to be said. Yeah, the Mega Urban War Zone is not architecturally time period specific so you if you do play multiple game systems from a, a timeline perspective that there are additional legs but pat you picked up like a normandy specific building didn't you i did um so the kit i got actually i got a, a cottage in ruins which looks architecturally very similar to what the, the normandy house in ruins is the other kit i got and that that's a phenomenal kit. That just blew my mind when I put that thing together. It's got the same double-sided stuff that the foreground did, but uh, you know none of it's pre-painted, which given how the actual... If you look at the website and how they actually have the final painting up, I don't know how you could do this kit with the pre-painted the way foreground does because they're just you know one color, let the etching take care of it. This has got the, the stonish look. You know, it's got the stone base. It's got the... Um, the stucco-y and then the, the dark brown timbers so you couldn't do this in the same style that uh, foreground does the kit went together beautifully the the shingling that they have on it had very nice diagram was very easy to follow and it layered together just wonderful so it was a lot of MDF and a lot of the shingling was gray board but yeah it was a great kit and the cottage was like a 20 minute put together it had the same double-sided stuff so you're seeing texture on both sides so it's obviously meant for you to see the outside and the inside all at the same time which you know since it's got like there's no top on it obviously you're going to see the inside great kit i really like it i told him hey you know i'd get more of these together and in fact he does have another one that he sent me which actually is one of the prizes he sent us that will be in our giveaway for the tournament and i'm trying to think what the name was is right off the top of my head but it was another building uh, it was like the 15th century building, which looks like it's the exact same time of, type of kit that he put together. And I'm just basing this on the pictures I've looked at it on the website. I haven't opened the kit up or anything. It's totally intact. It'll be a prize a giveaway. But it... <laughs> just saying. It looks really good. It looks like the same thing. And he said, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the way we're going. We're seeing that trend. And so he's moving forward that way. Really cool kit. like it a lot. Yeah, a lot cool. of the... Yeah, that kit in particular, um, when when Pat brought it in, I was looking at that. I really enjoy, you know, having assembled a, a number of MDF from different companies and different game systems. I always enjoy, like, the you can see the engineering and the thought behind the design of these buildings and how they all came together. And that building was probably one of the most impressive kits that I've seen come out I, I really liked it. And the shingles, actually the thought that they put into the shingles of the kit, it's not it's not a symmetry when it's put together. It's kind of, you get this random effect of how it all comes together, kind of a little bit haphazard, but it's definitely engineered. It's, yeah, a really clever, really clever thing. 
well done. So, and, and to be fair, that that's a retail kit for around thirty-seven U.S. So it's a little bit getting into the pricey range than what some of the other stuff is. But sure, the detail I'm seeing out of it is just it. It was, it was a really great kit to put together. Uh, also, same thing is when you're putting this back to back, make sure you have your clothespin clips to, to hold those. And so this this house, though, it sounds like it's like the first one in the size, so there's not, you know. He's got that one and in the same scale. I think this might have been the second one because it looks like the Cottage and Ruins has been around there a little longer, but okay. it's got the same you know the same Normandy look to it, and he's got the 15th century house, which I. Th- I don't remember might be an intact building. It it looks intact. So Okay. So again, you know, maybe early maybe he's early on in that range, so something to look out for. Um now when it comes to, you know, does it is it gonna work with other terrain companies, other buildings you put on the board? This mega urban war zone, I can't see it working with like the Normandy kits or any 15th century kind of things these are just kind of destroyed buildings um, almost apartment style um, but if you do the mega urban war zone you're getting all those buildings together and as long as you can throw some variety with the additional detail you put on I think they're okay but none of those buildings would work set up with you know Sarissa or Foreground um, or even the ruined building the other kit that, that Pat got Pat do you feel like that one Normandy building, that one kit, is that going to sit fine with the other stuff? or It's going to work really good with the rest of the, oddly enough, the Normandy-style train I have, you know, the okay. hedgerows from the next company we're going to talk about. And I also picked up some just some little corner things from, like, Gale Force 9, just kind of a just a one-off thing they had done that were, again, Normandy buildings. So they're, they're, they're in that same theme, and they do fit together both scale-wise. And I should probably, once I get this... Once I finish painting it, I'm like what 85% done painting this this uh, Normandy building and ruins, and put it side by side with the Gale Force that I had, which is pre-painted kit, and they look really comparable. So I, I don't see any problem with those mixing and matching. All right, nice. Because cool. I think you know when you're thinking about putting a table together, you don't want you know the same four buildings intermixed. So it is nice to get you know a little bit from everybody else as long as it still works together. Well, that's good because I only have three of the cottage. I'm glad you said four. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I, I, I mean, so I've only put one to get. I only put one of your buildings together, Dale. Although it was one of the bigger ones, I will say, like, from my perspective of putting it together, I felt like it was. I won't. It, it was good as quality when you put it all together as a lot of other ones. But I feel like there was a lot of gluing, like pieces to pieces not like putting tabs together, which might've actually been better. Like it, you don't see those weird pieces, but there were times where I felt like, am I really supposed to glue this piece to that piece? Like, I, I don't know. I was my, maybe it was yeah. my just intro, like my first time at it. But in, there were a lot of pieces where I felt like I was gluing flat to flat instead of like trying to like put yeah. tabs together. I don't know. Flat edge to flat edge. Of... Yep. There's not a lot of, um, you know, there's not a lot of um, tabs Sure. Um, there is some, but like the outside walls to the to the floors and things like that, it's it's if it's a tab, then it's you know a three inch tab. So, right. But yeah, flat edge to flat edge. There's definitely there's definitely more of that than than most others. But it's a lot of it's a you know those were big pieces. Right. Um, 
covering a lot of space, so you wouldn't necessarily want small tabs in this. Area. Sure. So having well, and, transported them and stacked them, um, I've, I've have no issues with breaking or anything like that. So or separation so far. So okay. It's still yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I, I that was one of my things. I don't know that it's a durability issue. It's more about uh, like. I maybe and maybe everyone else is over engineering their stuff. Maybe this is kind of a better approach. And I also maybe it, it kind of helps make it a little bit cheaper to produce, probably, to not have all those extra holes and stuff. So I feel like I don't know. What do you think, Dale? What do you think the value is on Zulk? Do you think it's a do you think it's a good buy as far as like what you get for your money? I do actually, um, with the walls and and the mega urban war zone for sure. I've 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 been really happy. I mean, you know, less than 200 bucks or right around 200 bucks, enough buildings to cover a six by four board is unbelievable. You know, that's maybe even a third of what some of the other companies are that we've talked about. So sure. not bad. And again, like we said, it could probably double in multiple game systems. If you're, if you're into 40 K, right. I think it would be very easy to work in 40 K or, yeah, it's you know, scalable across game systems, depending yeah. on how you put it together and how you paint it and stuff like that. Right. So, and, awesome. and as with anything else with the stuff that you're painting, you know, the more time you put into it, then, you know, the more rewards you're going to find. Right. And that's part of it is that if you like, you have to like making terrain. We've all found that we liked terrain uh, or making terrain. It's kind of like we're all railroad hobbyists all of a sudden, but we get to play a game too. So it's it's pretty neat. All right. So we got one more to cover tonight, and then we're going to move into other topics because this is this is kind of a lot we've we're covering a lot of these and maybe we'll start breaking them down a little bit more each episode instead of like actually talking about them in all together so we're, we're kind of making our one big load here and then we're gonna we'll, we'll scatter some more in a little later so the last one is uh wwc Knicks, which i have not had the fortune of being able to order any of their stuff yet because i have I've just not been buying it yet for whatever reason but i have a feeling i will be ordering making a bulk order in the near future so, uh, so I know that Pat has ordered some of this, correct? Oh yeah, I, I did the. Uh, they have their Bocages kit. I've got some roads from them. I even got an Oasis piece that is just sitting idle, waiting for me to have some other concepts to work around with it. It's really nice, detailed stuff. Um, the Bocage kits are by far my favorite, and I think Dale had mentioned that he, you know, saw them like the way the the kit looked and got the same thing I'd be really interested to see how much better his looked than mine since Dale actually has that little extra detail uh, just a jibe there Dale I'm sure I'm sure mine are fantastic they are I'm hoping that mine turn out as well as yours did so I it's, saw yours and I loved them so I'm like that would look great so I did it so the one thing I will say about the kit is so they're they're bocage so the whole thing is that there's the earthen mound underneath the the shrubbery if you will and trees and stuff that actually exist in there and the really cool thing they do with the kit is intricately in there, all of a sudden they have, like, a rabbit or, like, a, an armadillo or some little critters that are just randomly within there that you can actually, like, hedge this little spongy material around that, that is the actual the, the bushes for it and just kind of hide them as much as you want to, want to or, you know, show them. And it's, it's kind of cool that they actually thought, like, hey, you know what, there's a critter in the middle of this thing. Why not put it in there? It's very clever. Uh, I have a tendency to do way too much upfront work on stuff that I end up covering with all the actual foliage anyway. But I don't know how much I'm going to cover it until I put it on there, so I have to paint it all. Great kit for the value. 
Uh, highly recommend getting numerous kit number fives, which are the ones that give you two six inch straights and I think it's three three inch and then a couple corners or something like that. I forget exactly. I've bought so many of the different kits I forget exactly what you get and what, but uh, awesome, awesome kits, and I've also gotten their road sections from them, which are also very good. I think they're just a little, a little narrow, just a little off scale for what 28 millimeter is. But I also think they're too big for 15 millimeter, so I'm not really sure where they're supposed to land in. But you know, I've thrown them on the table. You guys have seen them before. You get a pretty nice uh, collection of what you get for the price. They are coming for UK, so they if you're going to order some order a bunch so you save on the shipping and they are available on amazon too so yeah i got some i got mine through amazon um and i ordered it took about a week was all once um once they dispatched the package which they did within within 24 hours when i ordered it so i picked up um yeah i picked up a lot of their craters too uh, because i thought that would fit in well with the ruined city town center that i'm building so um and it's i think i think it's gonna be great i think it'll work out work out really well so um and not bad value actually good value in my opinion so i I don't know any other company that makes actual bocages i mean there's companies that do hedgerows and you can kind of wing your own hedgerows together but i mean these are fantastic kits they look great they're wider they're they're more stout and again for you know, the Americans always call the bocages hedgerows anyway, but apparently there's a real difference, and only researching is the fact that these bocages have that earthen mass behind them, so they were more difficult for the tanks to actually cut through than hedgerows, which are just simply, it sounds like, just a rows of hedges or trees that were just grown up and without the earthen mass behind them, from what I understand. That's pretty correct, yeah. But apparently all Americans refer to either one of them as hedgerows. Americans, we kind of tend to do that. <laughs> Don't make distinctions until historians get a hold of it later on. Right. That's part of the fun of being American, though, right? Something like that, yeah. Everybody looks <laughs> the same to us. Yeah, most. Anyway. Yeah, all right. So, I mean, anything else about WWC Knicks that we want to talk about right now? I think we'll have more to update on that later when some of the some of the the rest of us order it. Yeah, I haven't ordered anything from them, so I have no opinion except to say the stuff I've seen looks good. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say what I've seen Pat put together looks great. So I'm I'm excited to get to. I I need Bocage for some stuff, so it's a pretty easy. That's an easy buy for me. So the kit's super easy to put together. Literally, take it out and well, it's it's a. Uh, you know, it's the, the the plastic resin, so make sure you you scrub it with soap and water before you prime it. Yep, of course. And, that, and that's it. You 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 scrub it, you prime it, you paint it, you put the stuff on it, and done. I did two number fives and two number threes. The kit numbers, if you look them up, you know what that means. And it's a lot. It's <laughs> it sounds pick. like an order menu of Wendy's or something. <laughs> Pretty much, it's shorter. Give me, uh, order yeah, I'll have five. two number nines, a number nine large, number forty three with extra dip. Mambo number five. Oh. So the picture I, I posted to our, uh, our our website was two kit number fives, two kit number threes, and I kid you not, I turned them out within less than 10 hours actual hobby time. Okay. Start to finish. Cool. All right. 
so they're easy to put together too. I mean, to be fair, I think probably most bocages are probably pretty easy to put together. I'm just gonna say they're. Well, I I do the prime, I do the paint, I do uh, okay. I do a, a, a wash. I come back with two different highlights, and then I kind of pick out some of the detail, the stones and the little critters, and then the worst thing is gluing the actual foliage onto it because sure. it's so spongy that you can't use the PVA glue because it, it doesn't dry fast enough for a hole oh, there. Okay. So you have to use the super glue, but you're in contact with a spongy material which transfers super glue to what you're holding it, i.e. your fingertips. Oh, that's fun. It burns. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it burns a little bit. But you Don't touch your eyes. Just get past... No, I'm not talking about your eyes. I'm talking about the fact that you've got this glue that's already stuck to your fingertip and now is transferring through... The spongy right. material, and you can't let it go. And even if you could, you couldn't pull that stuff off your fingertip anyway. Sure. And if so you try and use if you try and use blue rubber gloves, all you're going to do is cut blue rubber off of your kit afterwards. Well, and I think latex might actually melt with super glue, but I do believe it does. Yeah. I don't I know that I would. I highly recommend ever doing that. So there are uh, bits of. Uh... Bits and pieces of your fingers all over your bacage is right. what you're telling us. Like... No, actually, the, the the spongy material gives way first. And, okay. and I still actually have a hint of green on one of my thumbnails from having put that together three days ago. Jeez. All right. Well, I think we've I think we've probably gone on long enough about all these companies. Uh, needless to say, we feel grateful for being able to you know they've they've helped us get big orders together and you know have given us some deals, but they you know probably would give that to anyone if they order as much stuff as we have. So yeah. I will say without a doubt, if you're in the if you're in the market for a bunch of stuff, these four companies we just talked about will probably get you some kind of deal. To anyone, it's not like they gave us a special deal. It's just if you order enough stuff, they'll give it to you. It's like you know capitalism or something. Um, so you know What's these that? guys were great to work with, as far as I'm concerned. They all seem to have uh, you know some relatively good customer service at some point. Anyone, anyone else? Anyone got any other thoughts about that? No, man, that pretty much covers my thoughts on it. All right. So uh, so we can go, you know, this has been like super tournament-heavy beginning, so let's talk about our, you know, this is kind of hobby updates because I played a game two weeks ago. I think we played multiple games, and you probably saw it on Facebook if you follow us on Facebook, uh, that are related to the scenarios played at, that are going to be played at Operation Stafu. So Jeff wasn't there, but Pat, Pat had printed out several of the scenarios minus some key points during them you know basically we're testing the mechanics of the game uh and i got to play one of those games against kevin and i can say without a doubt that was a it was a super fun game i hope kevin had as much fun as i did it was very hard fought it was a it was a tough scenario but it was very fair and i felt like either side could have pulled it out and it was like it was just a nice tight game in general it, it was actually his first game ever, I believe, wasn't it? Kevin's? No, I don't think so. He hadn't no, played for a while. He's okay. he's he's got two armies. I don't think this is his first game ever. It was his, but, his first game playing with us. So, right, his yeah. first game playing Rick. It, it was his first game against a Snafu guy. That's what he told me before we played. So he said he got to play against a Snafu guy. So Wait, which we, do we doesn't have, like, mean anything. Center back or something? Uh, apparently, we do, and he, he picked the right guy to play first. Apparently. Um, so you, you no. smoked him, right? Held up the name? No. <laughs> uh, I came really close, so it came down to... This is Rick, he who loses no, I... to children and women. 
That's a long time ago. Long time ago, guys. Long time ago. So you beat them then. Different game system. No, we actually ended our game in a draw, which is, I know, not something we were really looking forward to. Hang on, hang on. Did you apologize for that? No, I didn't. No, it was I, I had him up against the ropes until the last round. And had hang I rolled... Let him go. Who the hell is landing a plane over their head? Hang on, that's yeah, me. I got a window open here. <laughs> He's near the airport. So. Wow. I am near the airport. Sorry. That's a, I'm near the airport, too. I'm surprised I didn't hear the same rocket. plane over my head. Because that was taking off. Oh, okay. Going the other direction, then. There's a storm coming, so they put them oh, out over my head when the storm's gotcha, coming. Gotcha, gotcha. They normally fly over my head when they do Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like the one Whatever. time I ever hear them. Yeah, so... I, the scenario I played was there were three objectives on the board, and it was scored every turn round. So if you held one of the object, if you held more objectives than your opponent, I think you scored a point, or it was one point per an objective you held. Should be one that's point per objective. Yeah, that's what it was. Now I remember. So it, I'm just going to give some strategy thoughts as to what I thought it played like because I feel like that that game or that scenario definitely favored super highly aggressive strategies. Like you need to be up in that up in that stuff right away, and if you're not going to be right up in it, you better be defending it in some fashion before they your opponent becomes super hyper aggressive on it. It was really fun. It was, uh, and it admittedly came down to I had my left flank my my left flank scored two points and then collapsed. My right flank held the entire game, and then we were fighting over the center. And had I uh, so I assaulted. And had I been able to uh, regroup one inch further towards the objective, mm-hmm. I would have won the game. As it was, he scored. We scored. He scored one more point than me in the last round to tie it. So I was up points until the very last round, and then he was able to pull it out at the end. And that was wow. Yeah, there's a heck of a thunderstorm coming in, and that was only because I couldn't get. Uh, I couldn't get. I needed a three inch regroup to get on top of the objective, and I only rolled a two. So. It was it was a really fun battle. It was really tough, and I think we both. It was it took a lot of thinking. It was a very thoughtful game, and I thought that was really fun. Or maybe it was only on my side. I can't speak for Kevin, but I I had to think pretty hard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it looked like he was having a good time though. So that's he, really he looked, the important. He looked thing. really intimidated playing the entire game. He kept going like I I, I don't think I I wish I was playing late war. I was just playing. I wish I was playing late war. I was just playing late war. <laughs> yes, he he was playing Americans, and he did feel like he might have been. I had a lot of little units with machine guns, and which was actually really good in this scenario because I was able to like be on so objectives. His, his airstrike was fine the first time. The second oh, yeah. time, it, it, yeah. it helped you out a lot. Which you know those types of things happen. Yep. But I, I remember <laughs> kinda, you know going back and forth between uh, you two and Jesse and uh, Chris, who was another new player that had come in. Um, you know, as those as those type of things happen, Jesse and I are supposed to play. But you know, when newer people come in, I'd rather give them a chance to play and just kind of you know help everyone learn the game. So they were playing a different scenario. Uh, which one are they playing? They were playing uh, the, the sectors, Jeff, that you had come up with, where we have the nine sectors across yes, the board. Yes, yes, good. How'd that one go? Um, well, I could say that the the uh, preparatory bombardment, both of them hit it, and both of them put about two pins in every freaking unit on the table. Oh, lovely. And each Probably. of them only kept one unit in reserve. And I looked at them both and said, knowing that, would you keep more units in reserve? They're like, rrr, rrr. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
Uh, I kind of just cut snippets here and there. Uh, the one thing that you know kind of stood out, and and I will say that just just and I told I told uh, Chris this. He's a newer player. Um, he he's played bolt action. He's one of those fellows who's just kind of looking for a place, and I hope he comes back. He hasn't heard our podcast or anything, so this won't dissuade him anyway. Of course, he listens to him now, I'm sure. But he had a Menards yardstick he was using to measure things. Oh, good lord! And I told him, I said, you know. So what's up with that? You know, just trying to be intriguing. And he's like, well, you know, kind of a nostalgic feel to everything. I'm like, okay, I get that. And that's probably fine in a setting like this. But I will tell you, in a tournament, that's not going to be acceptable. Because you can't get it down on the table. You can't measure things accurately. And even Jesse was kind of a little flustered a couple of times. Like, yeah, he's kind of approximating and waving these things above the tables. And, you know, not knocking terrain over. And he's probably getting a half inch to three quarters of an inch in his movement towards or down on the table. That's a different thing. Now, Jesse might have been saying that because he just obliterated him off the board and he was playing Romanians with three HEs, which is disgusting. But yeah, Jesse took it to the teeth and it didn't really come down to... It didn't get a fair shake to the sector scenario that we had laid out because it was just simply... Jesse ran into a bad wave of dice and just got eradicated, had like two units left that wouldn't have counted anyway. Well, that never happens to Jesse, so, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying the recap I saw, that's all. Yeah, right, yeah, right on Sure right. enough. So I think that, that scenario is really nice and really unique. It's a, it's a good twist, and a lot of the stuff that you have, Jeff, and put together for this is a good twist in what the actual base rules have. And the, the one that Rick played, he alluded to earlier, was kind of a, a twist from a previous game that we played before. And I think, that's, I think it's really nice. I just want to see this one played again by a, a couple unwilling victims. The the sectors one or the other yeah, one? Yeah, the sectors one. I want I, I don't know if that was that really got a fair shake behind sure. it. Sure. Sure. So I, I was going to say I feel like the 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 one I played, I think we've played a couple times. I mean, maybe we need to play it a couple more times, but I feel like it's a pretty solid scenario in general. I've I think I've played it two or three times now and I I actually have had a blast playing it. So The only thing that I still from from a, a natural standpoint of, of history and, and stuff like that as the first World War II is I don't understand how holding a small piece of objective for a day or something weighed into that much of a you know a, a, an accomplishment to where you know you, every turn we're talking about so we're talking there's three objectives and every turn you get a point if you hold them and you're not contested. Mm-hmm. And sure. you know maybe Jeff can help elude me and bring me into this full fold. That's just the one. That's just the one I really kind of struggled with, and I was kind of writing it out with the rules wise for you, Jeff. Well, uh, I get the funsies fi- part of it. Be covering a retreat. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Is like Dunkirk is a perfect example. Hold this road for three hours so right. we can move everyone else out. Yeah, yeah, sure. The classic is the uh, rear guard action. Yeah, that's the classic version of it. But you got to remember, there's also a lot of psychological value into uh, are we winning or losing this battlefield? I mean, every inch of a battlefield isn't covered with guys. This isn't, you know, Napoleonics where you're going to see huge lines of guys. It's pockets, it's strategic areas that get held. And you realize there's we either don't have enough resources to reassault that or what. So if the enemy holds three strategic positions, say, in this area, they control the area, and we need to get out of here before we're going to get overrun. So that that's kind of it, it's kind of hard to explain without giving you a really long dissertation on military tactics that everyone's going to fall asleep through. So 
<laughs> right. that's, that's probably a different podcast, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. But the general idea is is holding critical locations on a battlefield gives you control of the battlefield. Yeah, actually, I would have accepted because at this point. <laughs> because Jeff said so. <laughs> because I, Jeff said so, yeah. so just do it. Just deal with it. <laughs> no, and, and having played it multiple times now, I don't feel like it is like, it doesn't feel it, maybe it's a little abstracted, but it's not. It doesn't feel unnatural, right? It, it feels like a lot of other scenarios as far as bolt action goes, as far as like capture and hold objectives and stuff like that. It's very similar to that. It's just well, well there's the turn secret, which is you know go somewhere, get something, move it back. Right. This is go somewhere, sit there, and trying to get killed on it. Well, you know? prevent your opponent. It's more about preventing your opponent from getting on it. Right? As, right, as much as it is taking it, sure. Right, as much as taking it is preventing your opponent from getting to it. Because yeah, so that could be any like you know that could be a machine post or so, a machine so gun Rick, post who, or whatever. Who could take an objective on that? Whether what was the clarifications or classifications? So for... well, yeah. So in ours, it was any infantry unit that was not a small team could take it. Any vehicle could a, could contest it, and if you had a transport with a unit inside it, they could also they could could they oh, they could occupy it or they could. If the unit fit the classification of could take right, even if even if the unit team. was not on the table, but they were in the truck that was on top of the objective, they could capture it. Mm-hmm. But like so, otherwise, yeah. So it was basically any infantry unit that was not a small not team. small team, which made it. But a small team could contest it. And correct. You, you really exploited the crap out of that. I maybe did. Maybe <laughs> did. I watched the glimmer in your eyes. You got to do it. Oh yeah, well I, I did a I got to do a bunch of stuff that was I mean I was playing shenanigans with Kevin the whole time. I probably got the nicer side of the table because I had a lot more cover covering two of the points. And why did you get that table? Because he was lazy and didn't take the other side. The lazy gamer rule. Yeah, the lazy that's gamer rule. That's not something you should ever do. Is if you get and that table is fairly you're balanced. About winning. The table is fairly balanced, but the, the 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 right side of the table I had had all of the the Quonset huts on it. So I had a, a nice little area of being able to like play this coy game where I was kind of avoiding his tank and able to like kind of move back and forth, basically get my a, a massive infantry to the to the objective I felt I needed to get it to at that point. So it was kind of nice because I was able to move back and forth between two objectives pretty easily. Kind of bit me in the ass at the end because, like I said, I needed one more inch to to basically contest that middle objective to give me the win, but. You know, it was, yeah, I was able to do a little more cat and mouse than he was. And then I sent my lieutenant on kind of a suicide mission to contest that. On turn five, I was able to contest just running my first lieutenant out and basically sitting there ready to get shot. So he knew he was going to die, but he, he was not going to let him have that point. So it's it's an Good interesting soldier. scenario. Good soldier. He was, he was he was being, yeah, he was leading by example. So. Amazing. Those little plastic men follow everything you tell them. That's awesome. Right? It's, well, not always. I, I had a couple <laughs> failed orders. I had one <laughs> unit decide to foobar, foobar himself off the table and, yeah, a couple other things. I, my dice were not, I won't say they were the greatest, but they weren't bad. They were first run with the snafu dice that you've also, if you've seen them on Facebook, they're on Facebook. Um, yeah, they, they didn't roll super great for me. I hear somebody else's dice were hotter than mine, but whatever um yeah i don't know it was a very it was like i said it was a very fun game i appreciated playing kevin and i thought it was a great i think it was a great test of the scenario as far as 
how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Now, I, maybe the only thing we might need to do that is different that we haven't done yet is play it at 1,200 points or 1,250 just to see how it plays differently at that point level because it could play very differently if it's a very much more swarmy, uh, if there's a lot more stuff on the table. And it if could you be let him play uh, late war instead of early war, I can sure. play the number of times I heard him comment about that. You know, it's funny because I, I, I hear him say that, and then I'm like, you still had, he still had BARs. You still had, a, you still you still had, had the a same bazooka. point value, and it's a point value game, and it, right. it really comes down to that. So. He had he had most of the toys that I would have expected from a, from a, a U.S. player. He had an Air Observer. Yep. He had, you know, he had a bunch of move and shoot dudes. That's, you know, the only thing that's a real hindrance early war because he had to play Operation Torch is that he had two units of inexperience, and he minimized those to be able to buy the rest of his guys up. So no, his 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 list was fine. Uh, no, it was I, fine. Yeah, I watched the game and I really thought he was. He he stayed back way too much, and like mm-hmm. you said, probably th- this scenario in particular is yeah. an aggressive scenario. You have right. to get up. You have to move. You can't wait back for things to happen, you have to get up there and do things yourself. I, There's I, no doubt about it. Yeah, spoiler alert, I didn't design hardly any of these scenarios to be sit back and wait. No, that's I, I like that about it, and this is definitely one of those where uh, it, it does definitely favor the more aggressive player in most circumstances. But that's I think he was... speed is important, but aggressive play is important. Right. Yep. Now, Jesse and yes. I, we... We tested the partisan scenario, and the, this one's speed may, in fact, be important. So three objective points, they're buildings. Well, well never mind what I just said then. Well, it's just one, just this one scenario. Okay. There's a partisan. You're going to have to play all of them. Yeah, there's a partisan in, this, in each building, and then the first, you know, first infantry squad to occupy that building captures the partisan and collects those points. Um, and so... You know, Jesse. What he was, what he was going to try to do was he was sweeping around his flank to secure the partisan on his. And this is um, diagonal deployment, so you're deploying in a corner and then moving um, across the battlefield. There's a sentry located uh, building uh, with one partisan that secures you the most points, and then there's partisan buildings on the opposite sides in the other corners. Um, securing them is like less fewer points but if you secure, if you secure the two outside ones and not the middle one I think you scored enough points to win so he he rolled up a, a big is2 or you know some huge Soviet tank and uh, his plan was to blow up the building in the middle and then blow up the building on the extreme flank and win the game by securing the one on his flank it sounds like a Russian strategy. And, um, you know, because he's rolling 3d6 hits on the buildings when he hits them, but he could just never blow up any buildings. So I got, I pulled the partisan out of the middle building on like turn three and then got the next partisan on the extreme flank on turn five or something. And my snipe who dies love indirect fire, and I was locking his units advancing on the far flank. Um, so he never got into the building, and, and then that was pretty much the end of it at the end of the game. So, um, so speed, you know, would definitely make a huge difference in this scenario. If you load into a transport, could jet across the the board and get into the building early to get the partisan. So, you know, that's how that one worked out. Interestingly enough, some of that that's the last scenario we I designed for this. So it's still getting a little tweak. Yeah. There may be more tweaks coming to that one. Actually, I had a couple other ideas I wanted to play test Thursday night if someone's up for it. So. So yeah. 
but yeah, we're getting we're getting some play testing in. So it was it was interesting because if you got into the building early and got the partisan, then that essentially nullified that particular objective. And depending upon how it plays, if you're matched up with someone with transports and they get into the objective super early, then the game could be over like really fast. So you know, tweaks might be or that might be something to think about. I don't know. That is actually one of the tweaks is to keep the game from ending in 30 minutes if someone's all mounted. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make for a good tournament game if it ends in yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought minutes. Jeff, you and I had talked about that when you, when you, when you were asking for uh, objectives for that particular one. Mm-hmm. That that would certainly stop that right yep. hold. That will be the what we're going to test on Thursday night. I'm going to be testing that with okay. somebody who's willing to guinea pig a scenario for me. So. And the other question I had, Dale, is uh, what, what list were you guys running? We were running our campaign lists, I think, so 800 points. Okay. So you were in a Well, not our campaign, selector. but it was 800. It was 800. Oh, no, wait. I was running um, I was running an early ward, the new Empire and Flames list that let me bring two medium Three orders H-E? and a medium howitzer. Yeah, yeah that's Good disgusting. Lord. People oh, it's bug brutal. you or hate me for that, but yeah, it's a lot of fun when you play it. A lot, not a lot of fun you play against it. Yeah, I played, Especially as you mentioned, you alluded to your HE dice were on. Yeah, fire. I played Jesse last uh, this last Thursday, and um, you did it. Again. It was yeah in, in the campaign this time, in just campaign game, and Jesse's in the middle of a, a French chateau in the middle of the building. He's got to defend that objective for the game, and in turn two, my medium howitzer dropped on it. I rolled two dice, hit ten, and blew two of his his two best units off the table. So yeah, he was. He wasn't feeling too good about it at that point in time. But yeah, snafu <laughs> dice. If uh, if you're if you're if you like your he in direct fire, um, get some snafu dice because wow. And you can buy those at. <laughs> wait, no, we don't have set that up yet. Never mind. They're not they're not for sale. <laughs> you kidding me? I have to paint all those damn stars. I'm not doing that for everybody. Yeah, Rick, you need to come in on a Thursday night. I want to get my snafu dice after seeing Dale roll his. Jeez. Um, you need to you need to come when I show up. I've been there like for the last month. You weren't except there for last Thursday. week. Yeah, I was there this next week. <laughs> well, and now I'm when I'm the dice mine. were there too. Hey, I got mine. So, I know, right? Yeah. Everyone else has gotten theirs. You're the only well, one that hasn't gotten any yet. Geez, Rick, you could have left them with somebody. Hey, Jerk. Jeff, I can tell you. Uh, oh no, 10 no, of them I got a, about uh, fifteen dollars, twice the cost of whatever I paid Rick for. I, <laughs> I don't even know what you paid. I forgot for. what I paid. So I used to say, uh, <laughs> nah, let's just call it a uh, hundred bucks. Done deal. I don't know. I think I got a pretty big chunk of them. So I know I owe you some money. So yeah. Anyway. I was going to say, I don't know if there's enough of them left. Hopefully there's enough hey, left. No, there's, <laughs> I, have, I have, I think I have 40 left unpainted. I think that's all I have left in, unpainted. And I have, I think I have 60 of them still painted. So I think oh, we'll probably have enough. I know. I, well, I feel like they're going really fast, but wow. we've given them out to club mates at this point. So that's. Well, son of a bitch, man. I put in an order for 50 of them, man. You're killing me here. <laughs> oh, I, you can have 50. There's, you can have 50. There's right, only 40 right. left, but you can have 50. No, no, there's 40 unpainted, oh, okay. and there's 60-ish, I think, painted still sitting in so the It's safe to say, tournament-wise, we're not going to be doing the uh, buy-the-re-roll dice thing. No, we're not doing that. No matter what we were doing, we were never oh, doing that. Oh, my God. This game does no. not. Yeah, like, really drive over to your that. house so you don't just give them all away before I ever get I'm, any of these. I've never, I have not given them away. I'll say that right now. I've not given a single one away. I've, I've had people sell them, or buy them, not sell them. They're going to become it, a hot commodity quicker, apparently. Outstanding. Yeah. The first one's free, but the next ten will cost you. There you right? Go. No, yeah, no. I, I, we'll see if we might have to make another order if we're going to give them away at, at anything. So, we'll see what happens. We're not, we're not necessarily. They're, good. They're really. They good. look cool. 
So yeah, they look great and they roll. They roll really well. So I great. can't say this enough times that when you have a dice that you're using in a competition game, when you roll them and they land on the table, there should be no doubt or squinting or leaning over as to what the hell they say. And right? these dice definitely yeah. say that they're they're white on black. They pop. It's instant. You know, I, I can't tell you the number of times you see people who like have to lean over and have to turn their dice to see what it says. <laughs> and you hope they're not spinning it. It's just like, seriously, dude, that's a dice you should not have when you're playing a game with another person. If you can't even read your own dice, that's a yeah, problem. But right. still. Long no ago, in, in a different game, the dude actually had to pick the dice up and hold it within three inches of his eyeball. And I'm like, okay, you need new dice. <laughs> right. They make yeah. high contrast dice for a reason. Yes. Yeah. Here's probably my best snafu dice story. So I was playing Jesse, and um, I had locked in. I had sixed his armored car. And so um, his armored car had already moved, so I landed, I, I hit it, I didn't, I didn't penetrate, but, um, um, and then uh, at the start of the next turn, I was locked in, so um, I went ahead and um, fired again, and he wreckied away. And I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot about wrecky. And so he moves all the way to the other side of the board, and, um, but he moved in such a way that my spotter could still see him because I bring spotters for all my indirect now. And Excellent like, job, Dale. Smooth. Thank you. Good job. I, yeah. I've learned. I've learned. And I'm like, oh, all right. So what? I need a six. He's like, yeah. And I like, I rolled it six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So, oh, I think what I did was I had the big pile of dice there, and I reached on to pick it up, and there's one that was already showing the little snafu. So I'm like, oh, no, not that one. It's already six. I picked up a different one and rolled it, and it came up a six. And he was he almost table flipping right there. But yeah, snafu <laughs> dice. <laughs> good time. <laughs> Yeah, that might piss people off. Let's maybe let's let's continue to make friends. It's not it's not as bad as calling a foo bar, but no, hey, true, yeah. true, hey, true, hey, true. Hey, I've true. only done that twice in the two times I called it. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. exactly. So yeah, that's that's a very long hobby slash tournament update that we've done there. Uh, so we're going to take a short break and come back and we'll talk about the partisan list. I yeah, that's where we're going to leave it. We'll see you back in three minutes. Welcome back. It seems like forever ago, uh, but it's only been three minutes. So we're going to dive into the partisans list. 
I don't know if there's anything we want to say about this. I think that we were we were just discussing off air what what that this actually means. Somebody want to give us a rundown on what partisan what what is the partisan army and what is it actually supposed to represent? No, it's a. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a Jeff question. No, we're yeah, all? all right. Yeah, no, it is. So partisans in the book. The cool thing is is that. Uh, this will represent everything, uh, every occupied country during the war. So you can have the these guys representing the French partisans or the Polish partisans, the Croatian partisans, the Yugoslavian partisans, um, the part- just about partisans? anything else. Yeah, just just about everything. It's pretty intense. So so these are partisans against the Axis. Yes, in this case, they will be partisans against the Axis. Okay. Now I don't know that it would be entirely impossible to make partisans against the Allies. I just don't know what the historical context for that would be. Well, well, we just we had someone swap over an Operation Snafu to Spanish partisans. Oh, well, there you go, Germany. Sure, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we also had the case for it. The uh, British fascist, whatever. Yes, I can't remember Union. what the, the is it the BFU is that British what it is? Union of Fascists. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the buff the buff army is that I mean I would imagine that might fit into the partisans. Yeah, no, that that'd be where I would put them if I were going to make a list in standard bolt action, not C line. Yeah. So this is kind of an interesting list where it's not really a single nationality. It's kind of like the the under the underlings are not the underlings, but the the underlings like the yeah. the. I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but so basically, you know, a partisan is someone who's a, a strong supporter of, of a party or cause, not necessarily the the one that's in power of the regime. So right. in this book, in particular, it's it's in France and the Allies, so they're they're gearing these lists towards the Allies. Um, in particular, they touch on the ones in Yugoslavia is what they really highlight in the book. Um, Yugoslavia, Serbia, Chechnik. Uh, and they focus on uh, was it field marshal or general Tito? Yeah, Tito, yeah. So this this is where the the book itself is leading to what they're kind of developing for this army selection. Yep. Uh, the other stuff that you guys mentioned, you know, I'm certainly you can you can take whatever list and say that hey, they're they're this, but they're not this. I guess. Yeah, it's, put it, it's a game, right? I'm going to stick a pin in that because I while I was uh, doing my best thinking in my best thinking room in the house. Um, I was thinking that this would actually be a really cool list to use if you were going to make like a Dirty Dozen list from the movie The Dirty Dozen. This is the mm, list I would use sure. rather than an American list because this reflects more uh, of what you would get in that setup. Because it's it's not an organized army; it's you know a disorganized right. army. <laughs> right. It, it they also compare it similarly to what the French Resistance was. Yes. Before they actually like got tanks and you know organized troops and stuff like that which hence the armies of france but yeah they're not organized at all it's a good call jeff good distinction there is that they're they're basically a collection of um spies and saboteurs all working towards a common goal which is not to the the regime that's in power in the country they're in right you could use them to i mean sorry tangent tangent of history here the best organized organized freedom fighters partisans were absolutely the polish I mean, they spent the entire occupied time during the war um, clandestinely coming up with ranks and a whole army of underground operatives. So that during the uh, during the war, when the Russians got close to Warsaw, the the Poles almost succeeded in taking over the city. 
Like they almost took it back from the Germans. That's how good they were. And then of course the Russians didn't want to deal with them, so they kind of just stopped outside the city and let the Germans crush them so that the Russians didn't have to deal with them after the war, which was kind of sad if you're Pole. But sounds kind yeah. of sad. But they do also, uh, they also do single out the Polish home army in here. Yeah. Yes. So. Okay. So we get a lot of varieties what we're getting at here. Which, yes. which is different than the Polish army itself, which is a different list. Completely elsewhere. different, yeah. Yep. And I forget if that's in this book or in something else. Uh, it is, it in, is, this it is yes. in this book, yep. Yes. Yep. And it's probably just early war, I would assume. Correct, yeah. Correct. Yeah, the first, first six first, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, first couple <laughs> super, weeks anyway. Super early war, yes. So early they may not have realized that it was actually a war. Oh, well, World War anyway. I don't know, yeah, right. I don't know yeah, if a lot of a people war. realized it was a war yet. Only the Germans really realized they were at war. Right. They started it. Anyway, all right, so let's go into, I mean, it it overall seems like it's a fairly flexible list. It's kind of a, it almost seems like an outline for a lot of different things. It it does, so they, they have a little uh, quirks in them. So they have the standard reinforced platoon sec- selector, but in the FAQ, they actually said... Uh, you have to delete the zero one captain or major out of the reinforced platoon, so they cannot have a captain or a major in a standard reinforced Oosh. platoon. Kind of makes sense if they're not very organized that they get they don't have that capability. Makes so, sense. And we'll also touch more on their vehicle selectors as we get to it because they've got a you know a couple special asterisks by that too. But let's let's get sure. to that as we get to us keep our yeah. format and go through what we do. Right. All right, so let's start with the special, the army special rules. So, who wants to who wants to tell me what fieldcraft is? Ooh, I'll take this one. So, fieldcraft first off lets you start if you're starting hidden with one of your partisan units. You can also start in ambush for free. You just pull your order dice and set it next to them, which is awesome. Any unit or just one unit? Um, any. Wow. Starting is hidden. So can start an ambush. First of all, the scenario has to allow you to start with hidden. Oh, I see. So you, it, it doesn't allow you to be hidden. No, but, it allows, but if, you're if you are hidden, you can be pull an a dice to start an ambush. Yes, you can That's, start. The which game is cool. Ambush. That's a, that is a pretty cool ability. Yep. And the second part of it is first turn of the game, all partisan infantry units treat all rough ground and obstacles as open ground for the purpose of movement. Wait, this is the same rule. Yes. Same rule. Wow, that's I like that. So in the unlikely event your scenario starts you within 12 inches of somebody, you can charge out of cover, I think is what that means, and smoke someone. Yeah, I don't know how you'd ever start within 12 inches of each other, but I guess. It'd have to be a special scenario, but yeah. Super special. I think they try and intentionally keep you from being able to ever do that. Um, hold if until, anything, it allows you to relieved. get up the field really quickly, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. Hold until yeah. relieved, you start 12 inches away from a unit. If, they, if they're on the line, I suppose. Well, you could really surprise somebody if they don't know the Army special rule. Fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean... And this is why I kind of wanted to get this one earlier rather than later, because when I first uh, ran across it at Adepticon, someone was like, oh, yeah, we're playing partisans. I'm like, what what is is a partisan? What nation is that from? They're like, no, they're the partisans. I'm like, okay, cool. So, yeah, they got some sneaky stuff. They're not real mainstream, so kind of wanted to get them up at the front of the list. They're like the hipsters of bolt action. You know what? That's not too far off, I don't think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're like the underground. It's 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 too cool for school. No, I mean, yeah, I, I've actually, actually never faced them, so I have no experience with them. But 
so far so good. Let's go on to the next one. What's infiltration? That's a fun one. So uh, if you're out flanking, you ignore the minus one modifier to order tests for coming on the board. So they have a traffic cop. Yeah, basically you get a free traffic cop. That's pretty rad. That's a that's well, another nice ability. perfect knowledge Traffic of the trails. Traffic cop is only for um, is only for vehicles, but right. this is for oh everybody. fair. That's true. Yeah, they Good have point. perfect knowledge of the trails and the paths through the harsh terrain, even if they're sure. playing. It's in their it's their homeland. It makes sense, right? So yeah. they're well researched. But the the entire army is minus one to outflank. Uh, they, they ignore the minus one. They ignore the minus one. Right. Sorry. They yeah. ignore it. So it's, you know you're talking other armies that have that uh, special forces units. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, fair that's pretty slick. Yeah. Pretty no, it's awesome. an awesome. Okay. And I don't know what this one is either, but this, this one, one sounds awesome. This one's ridiculously highly contested, and people have had so many different interpretations, and they did do something in the FAQ, so we'll Great. touch on that at the end of it, oh, too. Okay. So, Well, I love Hidden Bomb myself, but okay. I, it sounds cool. What is it? Well, start of the game, you get to put three counters out on the table, 20 millimeter diameter, so basically like your base for a dude, right? Sure. Um, these represent possibly bombs, booby traps, mines, IEDs, and what we call them today, stuff like that. So uh, anytime an enemy moves within six inches of it, you got to roll a die. One, two, or three, the counter is revealed to be a phony and is removed without further effect. On a score of four or five, nothing happens, but the next enemy unit to move within six inches must test again. In the event you roll a six, it actually is a bomb. It explodes and hits the unit. Has the same stats as an explosive shell from a heavy howitzer. Oh, 3d6, oh, d6 oh, pin, oh, plus 4 penetration. Oh, Once ouch. it's gone off, bombs are moved. Bombs only affect the unit that triggers them and not other units nearby. Bombs never affect partisan units, no matter how close. <laughs> so, and, and here, here's the what hit the FAQ. You know, obviously this book was written in version 1, and so everyone's been asking, well, does that mean now they're they're hitting with a template? And the response was... No. It mm-hmm. is 3d6 hits against it. Oh, so if wow. a vehicle hits it or comes up against it, that's 3d6 plus 4 pen hits against that vehicle or tank. Yep. Say goodbye, tank. Yeah, pretty brutal. Wow. That's owie. Well, don't wow. use your tanks to test partisan mines, I guess. Now, right? here's the other thing. I'm just <laughs> I'm going to throw this out here just because, you know, it's, it's Jeff being a douchebag day. Mm-hmm. Um... If you put that marker out next to an objective, and then you use that first turn running field craft to put your guys on that objective, I flip and dare you to try and charge my guys. Right. Because there's a good chance, or there's at least a chance, you're going to be taking a heavy howitzer hit, and it will not hurt my partisans. Right. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that's pretty brutal. And I don't I, think... I really like these rules, actually. Right. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything that says the counters have to be spread out. They can just get put down anywhere. Put three of them right next to each other, next so to the objective. So you put three next to the main objective, Whoosh. and you get guys on it. I mean, who? Anywhere on the table outside of the other player's deployment zone. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, so you put them right next to each other, make them test three times. Yeah. Right. Or repeatedly, or, depending if they stick let's, around or not. Let's, well, they, no, because they're never affected by it if they... If you roll a five or a six, or a four or five... They don't have to test again, correct? No. Uh, the next enemy unit th- to move within six inches does so, not that yeah. unit, though. Well, if it's the next one to move, if it moves if away from it, comes back. Yes, it would be. Yeah. In fact, I would read that if you stopped and then moved again your next turn. That's you're a double, the next enemy unit. 
a double trigger. Because it okay. doesn't say different enemy unit, it says sure. next. And, and okay, so we're just to walk down this, this, this path that we're walking down about putting all three mm-hmm. of them next to each other and being that guy, uh, does it say within range of any of them, or does it say, how does the beginning of that word worded so that it's not... First it, enemy unit that moves to within six inches of a counter must immediately roll a die. So okay. the, so you're going to... any And then the next enemy unit that moves within six inches must test again. Now, it doesn't say different. It says the next time an enemy unit moves. So you'd test three times if they all... If you rolled four or five on all three of them... Then you move the two inches at a time. The next time you move again, you're going to roll all three dice again. Okay. Now, keep in mind, there's a 50% chance that this does nothing. Right. Your odds change significantly if they're they're all right next to each other. Yeah. That's the only reason why I was like, oh, that makes a difference, because otherwise I don't think it's as good. But you're right if you put them all there. And also keep in mind, it's at the start of the game that you're doing this, so after deployment, basically. Right. You you tend to know where you're going to be. That's what I'm saying. If you know an objective, you can sit on it and then... Man, a one in six chance to eat a heavy howitzer though is brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you can almost hold down a flank with that though. If you put them all kind of in a wall next to each other. Yes. You could you could do it on the opposite side of the field if you put them close enough together mm-hmm. where anyone's going to have to say hi to a couple of them. It could be kind of bad for yeah. them. It's a gamble. I mean. Yeah. You have to you have to choose as the opponent. You're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. Right. Exactly. Either you're going to have to throw some, you know, meat shields at it and basically see what happens. But well, they don't get a free unit, so they have something they have to make up for it somewhere. <laughs> they get they get potentially three heavy howitzers. Not that it's likely they'll get three, but well, and not uh, not the template, but the three d six hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. plus four pen. So much better and, than the template. And d six so pins if if we haven't touched on that. So it's, it's, there yeah. won't be much left after that, quite honestly. Right. Exactly. I mean, even if a tank rolls up, right? Say, say you roll a, a medium tank, a heavy tank in there even, because it could hurt it. You roll a heavy tank in there, and you trip two of them. You might pin that tank out without ever damaging it. Hell, I think if you hit one of them, you might be able to do it. If you just double, you just have to double immobilize it, it's gone. Right. Or start it on fire, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> any of the results are good at that point. If you can get if you can get double immobilized in one shot, you're you're good to go. That's right. Yeah. If you immobilize it once it's immobilized, it's gone. That's right. correct. Yep. Yeah. So hey, I didn't I didn't realize that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. double immobilized awesome. It was awesome. Well, I guess I didn't pin out Jesse's truck or truck uh, last game. I actually destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I needed I, either objective. So okay. Uh, All right. Interesting. Well, so, so do these feel appropriate? For I mean, it's a oh, gen- God, yeah. yeah, it's a generic kind of catch-all for partisans, but they were all this way, weren't they? Yeah, and the army list is really going to catch on to that flavor too. But yeah, these special rules are great. I think they're not yeah. overpowering by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they they like you said, Jeff. They got a lot of flavor to them, and they certainly live up to what they're trying to do with the army. Yep. Now, I think, you know, if they'd given, like, the French rule with the free artillery, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think so. So Yeah, that, yeah, wouldn't that would have fit. That would probably not fit very well either. I do like that they have one kind of, for each of the things, they have the, they have the, um, well, like an infantry-focused one, and then they have one that's kind of board control, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, there's not a so, lot of um, denial play, typically. 
Unless you're running the Gurkhas into a zone. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll make anyone's day kind of worse. Yeah. They they all they are certainly very conditional for all their rules. There, I mean, they're not. There's a chance that none of them could come into play in a game, and there's a chance that all of them could play a heavy hand in the game. So, true. They've all got I, circumstances to it. I mean, I think the thing about hidden bombs and the beauty of it is that even if it doesn't work, it's still kind of a you know, a, you're playing a mind game with your opponent at that point. It's kind of a psychological effect. So, you know you're going to make your opponent have to think about it a little bit more than they probably should have to. Cause it's only, like you said, it's only a one in six chance. It's a chance but though. It's still a chance. And it, it will delete a unit when it hits them. So right. you're saying there's a chance, right? It's a heavy howitzer chance, which is, yeah. <laughs> which is which an is, awesome chance. Yeah. Not something to mess with. So you're throwing little piddly stuff at it as much as you, you know, as much as you want to throw away, you know, basically order dice at that point. Right. And you know, you're certainly uh, going to, think twice about driving your tank through an otherwise easy area to go through right right yeah exactly you can put it by the roads you can do all sorts of fun stuff with that so i think one, it one thing i like about it is it can um every once in a while we'll play a game where you roll off for sides and the you know your opponent wins the roll off and picks the superior side this hidden bomb rule can kind of nullify what kind of uh, advantage you might get from having won that roll-off. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. It yep. does kind of help you get the upper hand, regardless of whether or not you get the, to pick sides. Which I which I think is cool. It's kind of what I was getting at with the protect flank kind of, you know, you can basically lock down a, a, a piece of the board and dare them to go through it, which I think is cool. All right, I think we've beat... We've 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 got that one covered. I don't know if there's anything else about the special rules we want to talk about. Well, they they only have the three. They don't have seven. They don't have seven. They don't have four. They only no, have three. Just three. And they don't have tiger fear. Okay. No no tiger fear. No partisan fear. No uh, <laughs> no free tiger tank or anything. So. What they get a tiger tank? Oh. Yeah, free. It doesn't yeah, do free. anything. If it's a piece of terrain they can put on their display board, that's what they get. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll get to we'll get to the tanks in a minute. Uh, so let's go into HQ. You kind of are. I think it was you, Pat, that said they cannot have a major or captain. Yep. So in the general selector that has taken out, which is uh, I think the only list that this removed from uh, their officers, uh, they don't have a veteran option for their first or second Louis. Only inexperienced or regular. Okay. So, well, I, I guess you think about it, they're unorganized, right? Sure, that makes sense. That yeah, makes perfect I, sense. Otherwise they're, otherwise, they're their standard officer. Um, they have what they call the liaison officer, which is basically an air observer. They do not have an option for an artillery observer. Something else that kind of makes sense, I guess. Yep. Uh, although their liaison officer is regular or veteran only, so there's no inexperienced option there for the air observer. Which is good. You don't want him landing it on your guys. Not that that actually makes a difference in the game, but no, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> they also they also don't have an option for a medic. Huh. So I guess leave them where they lie. <laughs> well, yeah. that kind of makes sense from a standpoint that they, if it's kind it's, of more guerrilla-ish warfare, right? It's the unorganized factor. Yeah. They don't have a standing army with all these you know slots and positions and quartermasters and stuff behind them supporting all these roles. So they have to pick and choose what they right. have available to them. Yep. And that's Makes the, a lot of sense. That's the headquarters. 
watch out. That was that was super in depth and exciting. <laughs> Not really. It was. It's pretty much the standard affair. Minus you know, minus actually, I, th- I think we things. gave their That's headquarters more than we did the last two armies. So, right. Yep. Which was they're the same as the rest. Let's move on. Yeah, yep. fair enough. Because they had all the selectors. These guys at least have a couple things missing. Right. Yeah. Well, just like our last one, we have. Well, let's just go through all the infantry since they have like what. Six selectors, six, six or seven. Well, yeah. their infantry's unique, though, too. So it is, unique. yeah, yeah. Very let's uh, let's let's start with the partisan squad, the early war partisan squad. I'm looking at these right now, and I'm realizing, holy guacamole! You can get a lot of these dudes. Yeah, five yep. to twenty. <laughs> That's insane. Okay, uh, come with rifles. Yay! They they. Yep. Oh, oh dear lord, they can downgrade to pistols. Holy crap, you can have a 20-man squad of tough fighter? Yep. Oh boy, that looks that's that's pretty gross. For 140 points. Yep. Or you can downgrade for a shotgun for minus 1 point and you can do the same thing and still have a bit more range. Which is interesting too. Yeah, actually um this I know a shotgun normally has the assault rule, but this one looks like it just says treat the shotgun just as an assault, or, or excuse me, as a regular rifle, with an eighteen-inch range here in the book, which interesting. is interesting. Like it wouldn't give you tough fighter then. Yes, I would agree with that. That's what they're saying. Well, the special rule is assault, which doesn't grant you tough fighter. That's right. Yeah. Well, in this case, I think assault are... means you don't have to the penalty for move, right? Yeah, and you also get tough fighter with no it, with tough assault. fighter comes with assault. Yeah, it would, but these shotguns don't give you assault. Right, they're not list. They're saying they're treated as rifles. Yeah, these are the old English kind of shotguns. You know, the single right, right, single shot okay. breech action. Right. Oh, so it's just an eighteen inch rifle. It's, it's like a hunting rifle or a hunting shotgun. Yep. Yeah, okay. they should have called it something. All right, easy <laughs> army is easy <laughs> army is off on that then. Yeah, as I was say, I'm like I'm I'm using easy army as well, and it actually is giving it the assault rule. Well, yeah, okay, I, I so we'll go back it... to minus three points, which might make them a hundred and correct me if I'm doing my math wrong. One hundred and forty for twenty dudes with tough, tough fighter. fighter, and they do not uh, suffer any terrain penalties in the first round, which means they can get up to twelve inches at the, on the first go. That's pretty flipping awesome, man. When you're shooting six inches with the pistol, which uh, is now at point blank, woohoo! Pretty flipping Ouch. awesome. And they can start an ambush. And there's freaking 20 of them. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and that's just one of your five choices in a single right. platoon. Right. I don't think I would do that, do this, but it is interesting. For 140 points, you have a 20-man squad that's going to be pretty hard to move. If only they were fanatic. fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they're also not Japanese. They're not the uh, Japanese partisans. So. Right. right. <laughs> so not that I think it's an, an, a good idea, but it's a good idea. You could totally run five... 20 man squads with pistols and a lieutenant. That would be, that is something that Oosh. I would do, actually. That, that's 100, 100 pistol wielding tough fighters and a lieutenant. Or you could just, you could just multi, multi platoon these bad boys and have a bunch of five man squads running around. Oh my God. Why would you ever do that? That Bore, would be awful. Boredom, maybe? Yeah. Boredom. You'd have like, you'd have to buy like six packs of, of, uh, Order dice. 
You would have to have a lot of order dice. <laughs> you would have you to, have have to paint all of those guys. Think about how heavy that. Well, you're talking about five twenty, man. <laughs> it's the same. Ma- it's the it's same just, number. Yeah, right. number of dudes. Yeah. One night you're playing five units of uh, five units of twenty, and then the next night you're playing twenty units of five. Yeah. There well, I go. mean, even if you take some big units, you can take these really small units to bump your order dice up, and keep those objectives on the back of the board or on your end, or come in late, you know, as a second wave and as your other guys push through. So you can have a couple big units and then a couple of small ones in behind. Outflank at minus one. Sure. Well, I'm just doing the math here. Like, So you can you can downgrade four dudes or three dudes. I wonder if you can downgrade an SMG or an LMG. Hold on. Sorry, what, I'm doing the math here. What are you downgrading from? Yeah. Just downgrade from rifles. Where's the SMGs you're talking about? Uh, I meant LMG. Oh. So, for 58 points, you could have a five-man squad with an LMG, which is not awful. Well, they're still inexperienced. No, they're regular. Oh, they're regular. Oh, these Sorry. are regular. These are early, early war partisans. Right. So you have you have four dudes with pistols and one dude with an LMG. So you could have a couple little gun platforms, and you have some big ass units to kind of deal with things. It'd be interesting. interesting. Okay. It's oh, interesting it's, in concept. I agree. Yeah. There's a lot of choices. There's a lot of different ways you could play that. Yep. Okay. All right. Moving right along. So late war partisan squad. Yeah. Good old late war partisan squad. <laughs> they get a little, they, they're uh, the same five to 20, but now instead of worrying about those pistols, they found SMGs. You could give all of them SMGs at three points and, a model. And a Panzerfaust. And yes. one Panzerfaust. One Panzerfaust. Hey, there's 20 guys. One of you guys gets to have a Panzerfaust. 20 <laughs> guys with SMGs, regulars? That's Jeez, the stuff Louise. nightmares are made of. That's yeah, the that, stuff Russians are made of. Wow. No, that's more than what the Russians are made of. It's, wow. That's I think the Russians cap at 12. Yeah, you're right. They right? do. Yeah, you can get a 20-man squad. 40 shots. <laughs> Is there a truck you can put 20 guys in? Because that would be awesome. Well, probably not in this list, but the Americans have one you can put 260 guys in. points, but still, dear Lord. Oh, you got to have 200, 265. you got to have the Panzerfaust. You might as well have it. Yeah, I concur. You should. Uh, okay, that is... Oh, that's gross. That I'm sorry, that's... Oh. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's it's totally gross. It's is super it feeling kind of hipster? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, SMGs are too cool for school. Yes, we could have them all like um, gangsters or something. <laughs> See, and they're partisans, so you totally could do that, though. And it wouldn't right, be you wrong. Could, like leather jackets and chains and stuff. Well, not those kind of gangsters. Oh, not yeah. those. Kind of, oh, sorry. <laughs> He's talking no. about like the thirty Capone gangsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like the prohibition. All era. with the Tommy guns and Tommy yeah, guns yeah. and top hats. Yeah, they got violin cases on the ground that they pop their Tommy guns out of and oh just lighten God. everybody up. Desperado. What? That would be really cool. That'd look really good. Yeah, that would be. That's pretty. That would be really rad, actually. That would be fun. <clears throat> okay, spoiler alert here, Dale. Just because I like that idea so much. One of the two transport options they do have standard is a civilian car. So you could I, absolutely, I saw that. You could absolutely have like that mobster like four-door sedan with guys with submachine guns popping out of it. You, you dirty rat. And it, well, it had to be five guy, bros. 
How many guys can fit into the cars? Four. <laughs> four. four. <laughs> what are you going to do with that freaking thing? That's so ridiculously stupid for so this army. The, so only the mob boss gets the... <laughs> yeah, you're Louis. You're, you're Louis. You're Louis and his two bodyguards. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You got Al and, and the, and the uh, liaison officer. There sure. Yeah, he rides along. Sure. Yep. I All don't right. know. I think that's hilarious. There's that a would theme be, there. Uh, that would be a really cool theme, actually. And it would... I don't know. We'd have to go look, look at where that might actually have been possible. I don't know if that, that was actually really all that possible. Well, I mean, sure, they wouldn't be Italian mob guys, but you could, I mean, okay, I forget this. Okay, so you don't have the book, but page 101 here has some pictures of some partisan guys, right? And the dude in the middle looks like he could have walked right off of the set of, like, Untouchables or something. Probably big oversized trench that, coat and a Well, hat. he's got that newsy cap on. Yep. You know he's got the he's got the nice jacket with a tie. I mean that that dude. He, he seriously he could be an extra in that movie. So yeah, you could you could okay. do it. Maybe maybe not play up the Italian accents quite as heavy. You know, if you want to smoke sure, a sure. fancily smoke a cigarette and be a French guy, or I'm not really sure what the Yugoslavian stereotype is, but I'll I'll think of one. You'd be a hipster gangster. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like I'm look. I'm actually looking at the models now because I'm like, hmm, I wonder what you could do with this. Well, the other beauty of partisans is you literally could put almost anything on the table and tell you sure. it's partisans, and you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, partisans were commonly made of, you know, soldiers from occupied countries, and either they would wear their old uniforms and parts, or they would wear civilian clothes or whatever they scrounged off the enemy. Sweet, yeah. No, I, that makes sense. It's kind of cool. Actually, the next page in the book, sorry, just to go there, has a picture of the Polish Home Army as a reference. And, I mean, one guy looks like he stepped out of the factory and he's got a flamethrower on his back. And there's a, a lady there, and she's clearly wearing a German Fallschirmjäger jacket, I think, poncho jacket. And I'm not sure what this kid has. He's got some kind of camouflage on. I'm sure he stole from the Germans, too. And, and the only thing that identifies them as the cohesive unit is they're all wearing an armband. So yeah, you, right. you could really have some fun modeling opportunity here. In fact, I'm bringing this in Thursday, and I'm going to shove this in front of Weber, Matt, who was not Ooh. kind of down on bolt action because he didn't like the uniformity of everything. Right, the aesthetics. This would really be right up his alley. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I just sent like, you guys a couple of those pictures, those pages. Oh, sweet. So. Yeah, I just, I just got it. All right. Well, so. Yay, technology. <laughs> right, yeah. Is pretty. Oh, I got the second one. Apparently, oh, that one's pretty cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. all right. It's Not that any of you guys listening can actually see what we're talking about. Uh, when we, can't, when can't we really see the episode these. gets posted, we'll go ahead and put those up there on our Facebook. Yeah, maybe we won't, considering there's somebody else's oh, okay IP. So we'll give the uh, page number. Sure, we'll give the book number and the page number, and you might be able to go find it on Google. Unfortunately, I'm a stickler for not posting other people's stuff because I really don't want to get a, a takedown notice. Yeah, you notice sadly. one of us hasn't said anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you Google um, Partisans and oh, what's this series of books, Men at Arms series of books, and you just do Google image, you'll get these. I'm sure Osprey probably has something too. Because other people are less scrupulous than us. I, I'm guessing everyone else that listens to our podcast probably has more books on these types of things than we do. So You'd hope I, I'm so. sure that there's lots of resources for World War II uniforms what? and pictures. No. I know it's crazy, Lies. isn't it? Lies and slander. <laughs> we're not cutting edge here. I, I thought we were no. like the tip of the spear or something. 
Well, you no, you mean you sent me a picture of World War II stuff on my phone. That's about as cutting edge as we get. <laughs> and we're talking on the internet about stuff, so that that goes a long way. Which, I'm, side I'm, note, when I was a kid, this would have blown my mind that we could do this. Just, just right, saying. right. I, I'm with you. I'm still kind of blown away by it. But anyway, <laughs> so let's move to the next one because this is – wait. Yeah, we haven't covered the inexperienced partisan squad yet, correct? No, no we have not. No. Okay, let's let's go there next. So this is a, basically the same options, bar one, um, as the early war partisan squad, except they're inexperienced. Otherwise, you can still take 20 of them. You could still downgrade them to pistols or shotguns mm-hmm. or uh, three of them can have submachine guns, blah, 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 all that same. You could also make them shirkers if you want to and take three more points off per model. Actually, the FAQ nixed that. Oh, yeah. really? Yes, they did because that would make them ridiculous. That would no, that would make them redundant. We're we're gonna we're gonna move into that in a second. I'm then I so sad it. because that also meant if you added a guy at seven points, gave him a pistol for minus three, he's four points. Made him a shirker at minus three, he's one point. Jeez. <laughs> oh, now I'm sad. as it is. As it is, so, if you make a twenty-man squad with all pistols for twenty points, they're eighty points. So, so here, here's the FAQ verbatim. Here, page one hundred, inexperienced Parson squad. Delete the option to make the inexperienced Parson squad shrieker, shirkers or shriekers. Sorry, at minus three per model. Parsons cannot be; otherwise, they simply would not have joined the partisans, would they? Ooh, you didn't want one point models. <laughs> That's really what it is. They didn't want one Somebody models. may have pointed that out. <laughs> that, oh my gosh, you think about the horde of an army that would be, that oh would be. Oh my God. So other Gross. interesting fact to point out is that I, I have the Kendall version of it, and that update has already been in here. So that was clearly a typo that was caught in different printing. So depending on what printing you have, you have to look at the FAQ. You know, it's, it's in my paper book, you know. Yep. I, don't, I don't let the Matrix get me. I have paper copies. <laughs> So my version, the Kindle version, does not have that in there. I feel really bad for the person that painted like eight hundred shirkers <laughs> to I've just hoard an army. Nine hundred and fifty, and I've got <laughs> I've got forty order dice, and they yeah. You know. It's like that Nobler army. Yeah, he, right. Exactly. The way he deploys is he just sets his one foot by six foot piece of plywood down on top of the board. I'm deployed. <laughs> yeah, it covers the whole thing. Well, the beauty of this game is. There's no panic, so you're, oh, you you kill a unit, you're just move. You would move another unit on. I'm Jeff, glad I feel they like took totally that took the wind out of your sails on that one. Yeah, you really you really just broke me there, man. I was getting all excited for one point models. <laughs> yeah, I was I was reading through this and I noted that and I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, oh that's going to be important to bring up. Man, Sorry, bro. That would have been a, that would have been like the best horde ever. <laughs> Access, but they're still denied. tough fighters. That's what's scary about it. I mean, sure, yeah. they're inexperienced shirkers, but they're tough fighters. There's so many of them. You couldn't get through them. No. I'm still throwing 20 dice, you know, if I catch you in the open, and I need... Well, what? I mean, like, I'm rolling on your wound, so I just need fours to wound regular, fives to wound. So I did oh. just do the math. If you wanted to do this, Jeff, you can still have 237 dudes <laughs> with pistols and get yourself a lieutenant because you got to have one. Oh god! You could have how many platoons do you need though? Ooh, that's uh, so you need eleven units, so that would be three, three, three platoons. Three, so you could you'd so have to find something else. Twenty off and do two platoons. Right, so you would still have two hundred and seventeen yeah. dudes. Yeah, uh, 
you'd have 200 dudes because you're cut, you'd be capped at the limit. Yeah. Right? So, two, so you... 200, well, 202 because I got two lieutenants. So 202 guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, hold on. Because if, if, if you could still make them shirkers, that'd be, that would be what? 950 of them. No, no, no. Oh, no. So you... stick with the two platoons. So you got... Yep. 200 and... 200, oh my god, 100 points. You would, you would still have so many points. points 150 points, that's 300. I have enough for a captured, oh, but I can't capture a tiger. Shoot. Uh, I right. capture... You need some indirect fire because you're not going to be able to see, you can't shoot through your own guys, yes. so it's got to be indirect because the guys howitzer. are going to be in the way. Yeah, you'd have at least two howitzers. No, no, so it's, oh my god, you could have, so it's two platoons, you could have two captured panthers. Panthers only armor ten nine, nine? armor nine. Okay, nine. we're going to get into the tanks in a minute. That's so good. That's ridiculous. Okay, sorry, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> you still have two hundred dudes on the table. This is yeah. GG. I mean, they're a tough fighter. It's yeah, done. You just have done. to do all those dudes. You'd have to mow through a lot of dudes, and that I don't Gurkha's think you can do in this game though. That's just Gurkhas could do it. I don't Maybe. think the Gurkhas no, has the enough order would dice. Die eventually. He doesn't have enough order dice. That's and, that is true. And, Remember the, um, that when you're in close combat, it doesn't matter how big the squad is. It's the matter who has more casualties wins. But I got 20 chances. And chances are, <laughs> you, you're probably not even running in. You're going to stop short and do point blank oh my God, pistol yeah. shots. Oh yeah. Well, and on top of that, you're inexperienced. Is still threes moved fours. fours no, no movement. No, no movement. No move, it's pistol. assault, no, okay, dude. They don't care. Assault, okay. Fours and so no ten long hits. range penalty either. Yeah, ten hits. Uh, on fours, and then you know there's almost two casualties, <laughs> right? Oh God! Wait, fours? Is it fours? Yeah. Fours and fives. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is a terrible idea, but I really want someone to do it. <laughs> hey guys, don't do it. <laughs> this seems like as we're going through this, my brain is just going. This seems really counterintuitive to what this army's supposed to be about. That's where I'm getting a little bit like not, but the thing is, is not necessarily again. Oh, and don't forget your your bombs that you've put out, which is going right. to kill the yeah, Kirkus right, right. before they. Even but get not close. you. They're not going to get you. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm getting at, like, yeah, totally downgrading to pistols makes sense. But were they really that much more? There were that many more of them than when they're whoever was occupying them. Well, you your occupying mind. force is typically much smaller than the population at large you just want enough to keep them under control but sure six, the invading forces these guys aren't doing anything by the way well that's just it and, and it's actually not entirely historically inaccurate because like the warsaw uprising or certain places in france where everybody gets that fervor of hey we're going to free ourselves and they will pick up any weapon they can get their hands on and i mean these are these are not trained soldiers at this point. mob mind right so it's yeah, not. I, I mean, suppose. it's every bit as historically accurate as an army of bamboo spear fighters, okay. which I believe okay. we touched on wasn't overly historically accurate. Right, but it did happen. It's just not common. Not all the time. Right. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. It's. Uh... God, that'd be ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Ridiculous. Moving right along. Let's not give ridiculous. anyone any ideas here. <laughs> I think we already have. I think we have. Yeah. Next yeah, entry is Gorilla Fighters, and that's Gorilla, not Gorilla. So, how, you know. As I say, how do they how do they train the gorillas? Carefully. Lots and lots of bananas. <laughs> Very carefully. 
Uh, they have sm- they have uh, cutouts of IDS build or of uh, Empire State buildings. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. And if the gorilla isn't a tough like a fighter, I'm calling shenanigans. Right. Uh, shenanigans. Tear your arm off. Oh yeah, he isn't. Say it again. He's Say not. it again. Tear you. Sorry. Oh, they're gonna have submachine guns. So the gorillas can have submachine guns. So then they can be tough fighters. Sure. They're veteran. There you go. And they're veteran. Veteran so tough fighters. Like, so they are just veteran. Twenty just... veteran tough fighters with machine guns. <laughs> well, they're stocked with rifles. Sure. Right, so they come but with rifles. Any of them can upgrade to SMGs, <clears throat> and they also got the anti-tank explosives if you really want to waste your points on those. So for 320 points, you can have a 20-man squad of tough fighters with SMGs. That's veteran, also... Veteran tough fighters with Veteran SMGs. tough fighters, excuse me. That are right. outflanking without the minus one penalty. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Hey, drop Finn, that guy to, to 12 and, and drop him in a transport. No, he just gave it a 20. Like, hey, Finns, you're sending like six guys to my side of the table? That's nice. Here's 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm in ambush because I'm hidden. Yeah, and I've got a whole bunch of guys in ambush too because I'm hidden. Oh, Lord. Okay, so those guys are very solid. Yeah. They're pointed appropriately, but still. Yeah, yeah they're not one point a model. <clears throat> Anytime you can get to 20-man <laughs> squads, it seems ridiculous. Like, it's just... Big. And, a, and a veteran, that twenty man squad is going to be there for a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're not going. Not going they're anywhere. not going away. They're not going to have a lot of anything else though. But I think I'd rather have twenty veterans with SMGs than a Panther. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Panther um, anyway. Historical alert here. Also, if you gave these are the squads. If you're ever going to give a squad anti tank grenades, satchel charges, Molotov cocktails, and such, this is the place they're most historically accurate for everybody to be carrying them. Because you really had to improvise how you took out tanks when you're a partisan force, and you don't have tanks sure. of your own. Correct. You don't yeah, have tanks no. of your own at the start. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll get to the tanks again. I said that once before. We'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I I so far the infantry has intrigued me, mostly because you can just take a boatload of dudes. Oh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. keep moving. All right, uh, so that was Gorilla. This is Cavalry Squad. Yep. Nay. How do they train the horses to hold guns? Uh, they were their horses. They took them from their farms. Oh. Yeah, was, their horses hold guns. Yes. I was being Rick. clever. Sorry, yeah. Yes. It doesn't work very well when we haven't been drinking enough. Horse the warriors. They that's the more of a Friday horses. night sort of thing. The gorillas rode the, uh, the horses. Oh, geez, gorillas with... Horses with guns, oh my gosh. Didn't you see Planet of the Apes, man? Come on. Oh, that's exactly... Oh my gosh, we just wrote a movie that already exists. Yep. Gorillas and horses, oh my. This is probably how it all started. Probably. Someone was playing Partisans. They're like, oh my god, I've got to remake Planet of the Apes now. <laughs> I think that's a different podcast. Yeah, probably. Possibly. How, how bad movies were made? What? Well, Could we, be. We do have a Sharknado thing going on, too, so... Yeah, yeah true. This is true. this is only up to ten. You can't have twenty horses, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's too wah, bad. Wah. Any soldier can you have imagine you had twenty horses? That would be ridiculous. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I used to play Empire. I had twenty horses. Exactly. Yeah, that's a different game, guys. Well, yeah, but not not really. <laughs> you still put things kiss? on the table, pushing forward and rolling dices. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know some... that there's a purple sun in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Or dwellers, for that matter. Yeah. That was heavy that was, that was more, heavy hour, sir. I was going to say that was more end war, uh, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of purple sun issue, wasn't it? Well, then <laughs> you're going to give these guys submachine guns. That's awesome. Great big purple sun. Yeah, 
That's yeah, awesome. okay. So, so yes, the cavalry, which, you know, they have their own special cavalry rules, which is awesome. Oh, hey, check that out. They start with carbines. Special rule, yeah. cavalry carbines. Yep. Count as pistols when used from horseback. So they're tough fighters, too. On horseback, which you oh, when you're on horseback. Do. You can no, assault from horseback. But when you, well, you can charged, be assaulted. Yeah. You can be charged. You can be charged on horseback, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you... Do you get the range of a pistol, or do you still get the 24 inches? Uh, no, it says counts as a pistol one on horseback and a rifle one on foot. So when you're mounted, your pistol ranges. Right, so you move really close, and you're point-blanking, and then you dare them to charge you. Yes, that's exactly what you do. Like, come on, I'm a tough fighter right now. Come, come at me, bro. Yep. Hmm. We'd have to look at the rules for, for cavalry. I don't know that you don't jump off as soon as you get assaulted, but like, I'm not certain. Um, cavalry, I believe, they're less impressive in version two than version one. Yeah, these were a lot better. That's that's one. given. I mean, they're they're no you know lancers out of the Polish army, which are oh my god, disgusting. But cavalry is still not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, no. you get the movement, which is nice. Yeah. Yep. All right, so that's and your that's your infantry anyway. Yeah, you can also outflank with these guys, and they could be a fairly mobile submachine gun platform yes. if you really wanted them to be. Yes. be kind of interesting. I can but make it interesting. Other than the other stuff, I think I'd rather take a 20-man squad of something instead of these guys, personally. But, uh, so let's go through the stuff that we're... Uh, one, before you jump off there, uh, I believe Cavalry have the, the recce kind of rule to them, don't they? They do. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. Hang on, now I'm yeah. going back to that first rule. Yeah. Do they so, count as partisan infantry or the cavalry? Because they're inf- infantry squads and teams. They're infantry. There's a regular infantry. Because then that first turn, they treat all rough ground and obstacles as open ground for the purpose of movement. Yeah. I mean, on they're from the infantry selection. So. Sure. So yep. on a horse, the yep. first turn, they ignore it. 18 inches. Good horsey. Nay, yeah. They know what they're doing. Cool. Wow. That, yeah, that actually adds a little bit to them, too. Makes them all, yeah, that can make them good, too. Yeah. So they recce, they can't go down. Let's get a really well-trained horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm not even touching that one. Um, <laughs> the, the down order, to Yes, clarify. yes, yes. Yes, yes. Next that, entry, that makes next, it better now. Next entry, the, the as who does it, what does it, Fenske call us, the crappier sniper rifle, the anti-tank rifle team? Yeah. Yeah, they got this. Who says that? Fenske, I think, yeah. Okay. He's like, it's like a crappy sniper rifle. I was like, well, yes, it is that. It makes a giant, <laughs> giant hole in something it, if it, it hits. It wounds better than a sniper rifle, but yeah, it's it's not too far off. Yeah. It'll kill your Gurkhas nice and nice and well. One at well. a time. They're, it's a cheapish order dice. Pretty cheap. And never taken inexperienced. Hey, and but. they've also got that outstanding anti-take rifle, the Piat. Pain and ass torpedo. That's the one. <laughs> I would rather take boom. Um, I can't make anything up for bazooka. The bigger, the bigger blacker bombard. <laughs> bazooka yeah. Joe. No, the 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 bazooka. I'd just rather take bazooka. Well, uh, they have that option too. They do yeah. have that option. It's clearly a better weapon. It is right? cool. They get that. Yeah, uh, was I was there... trying to come up with something as an acronym for bazooka, but it's there's too many letters. There's a lot of letters in there, and I'm like, no, nah, it's it's game over. Twenty points more, you get an extra twelve inches. Don't go That's too far with that one. So 12 inches of range because the bazooka is at 24. And the glorious Piat, which I have yet to make function in my games, has 12 inches of futility. 
we're gonna we'll have to go back and discuss that because I think there's ways to make it work. I mean, well, it's Pat that we're talking about. He can't get a sniper to work, <laughs> or or his uh, his artillery observer half the time. I saw him get. Oh, I saw him riding a utility vehicle and get stuck in a hallway. So. <laughs> I, played Pat, style. I played Ouch. Pat recently and his sniper rolled a two every single turn of the all game. six turns he rolled a two to hit that's talent and by, yeah, by the last no two Dale just didn't have anything left to say he just kind of shook his head and just like held his hands up like mm. I mean I admired his commitment but I... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I actually had the same thing happen in my game against Kevin where he would. He was trying to sniper my mortar off the table, and he just couldn't do it. it. Took him four turns to finally kill the damn thing. I'd say the game before that, it was shot, kill, shot, kill, shot, kill. So you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if people can make flamethrowers work against tanks, a piot should be able to work against tanks. That's my only point. Like they're kind of they're kind of yeah, one in the same. Tanks great. You just got to get real damn close. Well, right. So, I mean, the same with the Piat. You just have to be able to protect it long enough to get it up close. And I think this army might be able to do it with 200 dudes on the table. Yeah, but they have a better option. They have bazookas and they have Panzerschreck, so I don't know what you're freaking around with the Piat for. Good point. Well, because maybe your flavor. flavor. Yeah, fluff. That's a really bad flavor. It's, it's just well, British. They don't have the best food. That's true. Right. Careful. Oh, hate mail. That's fine. They can right. send me their food and tell them to show me it's good. I'll eat it. <laughs> Don't worry. We, we, we saved a special segment for Rick to apologize for everything we said later. Yeah. yeah you're no. about to get a bunch of crisps of really unusual flavors, so I hope you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> there you is know that. what? I got a sister living in Okinawa. I've gotten a lot of strange flavored crisps, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Wait. We're calling them crisps now? We're American, right? Chips. Well, yeah. Talking chips, crackers. right? Yeah. Well, right potato now. chips. chips we're, right, we're talking, we are, we, are, we were offending the British, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, because okay. crisps are chips, and chips are like French fries or something, right? right? It's fish and chips, and Jesus. yeah. Right. Got it. Okay, so right. other other selectors, is there anything else? Like, they have a light mortar, medium mortar. Uh, is there anything they're talking about? They've also Flame got a sniper throwing. team, which may not be in Jeff's book, because it was FAQ'd. Yeah, it is not in my book, in fact. The Matrix did not catch up with me. There is no sniper team. Yes, there is a sniper team that was in the FAQ, so they listed the same generic sniper team, 50 points that everybody else has. Thanks. Makes sense yeah, that they would have one. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that must have been the same same guy that wrote the one-point uh, one models in, into the Army. To be fair, he was getting awfully excited there. He's like, ooh, 20-man unit with machine guns. Ooh, 20-man unit with pistols. You know what? What sniper? Ah, nah. Yeah. They're, they're gonna be no. running. They're gonna be running twenty man squads for twenty points. Right. A sniper. You got time to sit and snipe anything? Right. Are flamethrowers usually forty five points, or is this one no. usually fifty? They're usually fifty. Why is it forty five points? Somebody check. Core maintenance. Oh, yeah. Handled by inexperienced flamethrower is more likely to malfunction when rolling to determine whether the flamethrower runs out of fuel. You will suffer minus one modifier to the roll. One or two, then. How many times have you ever shot a flamethrower more than what once in a game, anyway? Yeah, you kind of hold on to it until you absolutely want it where you want it. Yeah, I actually have you even put one on the table yet. I don't have one in my army book, so I. All right, you're off the podcast. I haven't. I have two painted, but I haven't. We've been playing Early War, for crying out loud. I don't have one in my list. Otherwise, I don't always have one. They're not available. Okay. Which, All side right, note, fine. they should be in the list. I mean, it wasn't like France didn't use flamethrowers. So. Right. They used in World War One. Exactly. 
Did they like forget about them or I something? Because they, they had the big the wall. They had the big wall. There's yeah. no way they're not gonna. What do you mean they can go around it? Can't go around it. It's like forests and hills there. It's not possible. <laughs> right. Belgium will stop them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll do it. Um, yeah. So the machine guns, flamethrowers, light mortars, medium mortars. No heavies. They got no heavy mortars. Nothing, no, and no mediums heavy. in their artillery and a tank gunner and an aircraft gun either. It's all light artillery. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if you can yep. drop it from a plane or wheel it into a shed yourself, you can have it. Pretty much. Right. So you got to be able to push it yourself. No. Yeah. no we have horses to pull, put dudes on, but not to pull shit around. No, no. I mean, if you're like got a horse limber team up and a medium gun, and like you know, people can start asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna look a little suspicious when you're trying to sneak around. Yeah. No, like, no, we're, no, no, no. We're not fighting anyone. Why? This is, no, this is the potato uh, gun. World War One reenactment. Potato gun <laughs> for shooting potatoes and planting. I like them. the reenactment part. That's good. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> it's Just our World War One reenactment. It's our pumpkin chucker. Jesus. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we go into toes. We just basically hit one of them, uh, which was the horse-drawn limber. Well, yeah. And we have a truck. That's And that's a late addition, too. That's not even in my book, either. So. Oh, well, I think everyone ended up with that, yeah. I believe. Across, the, yeah. the general-purpose truck that'll move 12 people and the civilian car that'll move four. Four. Can you like have a train of the civilian cars to put a whole twenty-man squad inside it? No, you no, can't split them. No, can't. <laughs> you can't split them. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. It'd be a little more. I think they should actually. That should be one of their special rules. That should be a little more like practical. A motorcycle squad, except it's a car squad. Or like right. a funeral procession. The first one's a hearse, and then there's like yes. three more cars behind. And then they all jump out and totally the first one's the hearse with a partisan bomb in it. Oh man! <laughs> like you just gotta have the cars full of just... guns. <laughs> there you go. Just wheel it out and pop it open. Yep. Yeah, the pallbearers drop the casket and and, crack and take it out the open. medium howitzer. Yeah, the medium. Yes, not the light. You know, that's yeah, well. That's where they smuggled something somewhere. You can't leave that in the open. Right. Oh god. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. Yeah, I I don't either. That's okay. Um, so that's where army easy army ends at that point. Huh. But, but wait, wait, there's, there's more. Billy May's rule. <laughs> Captured vehicles. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, exactly. Any, so, any German or Italian vehicle, armor value nine or less, you can capture and use. As inexperienced. And Have only to take if, inexperienced. And only if it has an inexperienced option in the army entry. Yes. And it's unreliable. Ooh. So it means uh, they're not getting they're not getting the, the, the panther or the tiger. Oh, that's right. No inexperienced Panthers. Well, they couldn't take the Tiger anyway, but no inexperienced So you Panthers. pay the inexperienced points level, and then it gets the unreliable rule. Yeah. Semovet 90-70, that'd be kind of fun. I was, I was actually looking at... Well, so now What's this the, gets um, into a weird spot gas? where... Russian, unfortunately. A little 5 MMG. Oh, yeah. so it's Soviet nope. and what else? No, no it's, it's, it's only it's German and Italian. Hurts. German, German and Italian. Italian. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And furthermore, uh, all armored vehicles with the damage value of 7 plus are unreliable. So if you have the, I don't know what armored vehicle is less than 7 plus. I don't think any of them are. <laughs> but they actually specify 7 plus. I just figured I'd throw it out there. Yeah. The get, get a Werble the Panzer, uh, the Puma? It's not a Puma. It's not having any experience. 
Something yeah, you could take a Puma for one twenty-eight. Something has the something big in the German list has an experience. I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, the mouse. Pull it up. The mouse. <laughs> uh, the too high. It definitely rules out the Panzer threes. I know for Ooh, sure. Oh yeah, the Ferdinand's huge. But uh, you take you could take well. So here's the question I have, and this is something we're like we're not going to be able to answer because I don't know that it's been answered. If you capture a German tank, does it give you does it give you Tiger fear? Yeah. Okay, then I take a Panzer IV Ostrich. I th- I think that's in the fact, and I think it did. It's, it's, the, it's the tank that's doing the Tiger fear, not the fact that there's Germans in the tank doing the right. Okay. Side note: You could take an S a Stu H forty two in experience. That's the German one with the uh, medium howitzer in the hole. Are you also capping that at the oh, nine plus armor That is a nine plus medium. Okay. Yeah. The the Panzer four is, is that open topped or no? No, it's not open topped. It's it's basically so it's, a stug with a howitzer. So you wouldn't. I mean, you could fire it indirectly, but you don't have the spotter. But still, that's that's not bad. Well, you just drive that up and flatten stuff with it. Yeah, you're not <laughs> exactly as concerned with it being completely enclosed in nine plus armor. Right. Let me see what. Was uh, well, that that I, tiger figure is not is not FAQ'd anywhere Hell as yeah, far as the partisans are concerned. I I still think I take the Panzer IV off G. You you can argue that both ways. I mean, the partisans maybe don't know how to use it well enough, so they're pointing it in the wrong direction, so it doesn't look as fearful. Sure. I mean, that's I mean, well, or you're facing Germans and they're like, yeah, we know what it is. Right, <laughs> could be. I, that's oh, yeah. God. You're right. I don't know if we can answer that right off. Oh God, we might have to figure that out because um, we do have a partisan player. I think so. Jeff's got some Subaki coming. Here. I I I I just had an epiphany and I need a towel. Um, <laughs> Opal Blitz, Sterling? Flak 38, four light auto cannons, inexperience, ninety points. It's soft skin, so you don't even get unreliable. Oh my God, forty points. Well, you get four light auto cannons is 90 points, so 130 points for the four auto cannon option. That's, that's awesome. Ooh. Yeah, and you just, you just rely on your, your hidden bombs to blow up tanks. Number of dice you're throwing. Well, you, you, that auto cannon will still put pins on anything that's, you know. Anything. Anything, basically. It's not veteran. Pretty much. Right. Auto cannons plus two, so yeah. You're hitting it, but you're only hitting it once. Because it's a template. It's not just dice. Still pinning. Or am I thinking the wrong thing here? Well, it's four templates, but it's still a single pin. On it's a technically eight templates with an, with four auto cannons because it's two templates each. It is D two pins. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. It's not doing a lot of pins, but it will melt. It will melt certain things. Well, boy, like, if you catch an armored car goes. or a light tank, everyone wants to melt the Gurkhas. I, I don't understand. Or well, they're the best infantry in the game. Right. As oh opposed to so if it the, melts Gurkhas, it melts anything else. The Gurkhas will still break if they, if they fail an order check and they get to half. Sick and wrong. <laughs> got some fanatics will stick around until there's just one dude left and he shrugs his shoulders and walks off the field. So you said, so, I'm sorry, Germans and Italians? Correct. Yes. Okay. We haven't covered Italians yet. We will probably cover them in the near future. I think they have an auto blender. But you'll notice all four of us went directly to the German tank selection as soon as we... No, no, I did offer the Semovet 7090. All right, okay. Let's see what... All right, maybe the... Oh, oh, the 9053 is what I'm thinking of. Hell yes, it's inexperienced. Oh, my God. 
Samovet, 9053, inexperienced at 180 points. Armor 7 plus tankette, one forward facing, hole mounted, super heavy anti tank gun. That's an <laughs> HE 3 inch plus 7 pen. Super heavy? Super heavy. Hey, there we go, another army with super heavy. In a weird little tank. In a, what's well, not, it's barely a tank. Tankette. What's the points? Right. That's really interesting. 180 inexperienced. What Whew. does that model look like? Uh, it looks kind of like a, a stug that fell out of the ugly tree. Okay. <laughs> Wait, that one no, didn't? No, scratch that. This is the 9053. This looks like a wesp that fell out of the ugly tree. So it's open-topped. Okay. Ooh, it's open-topped. Yeah. At 180 points. That's 180 points. That's a super heavy anti-tank gun. Those are tough to come by. Plus eight is really, really nice. If you're bringing everything else we're talking super about, heavy you don't is plus need seven, to actually. care about it. Yeah. I mean, that would punch the hole in just about anything. God, Which one was that? I'm sorry. Vehicle. That's the ninth set. Semoventi 9053. Sorry for okay. my Italian listeners. Yeah, it's I tough, can't. though, because it's inexperienced, so it's Italian. minus one. Mm. Let me see if I can get a picture of it. I'll put it in the link here so you can see it. Uh, you know what? Most times you're rolling, you need to hit a six any time. So. Here I'll... Well, Whoa. With, with it oh. being open-topped There's and a seven plus armor... You're going to sit and hide it until it's in the optimal firing position as a tank hunter, essentially. Yeah. Put it in hard cover of some kind, Mm -hmm. and you dare someone to drive their tank anywhere in its range. Yeah. Or squad infantry, because a three-inch HE is nothing to sniff at. Oh, that's true. This thing is ugly. Oh, my God, yes. I told you. It fell out of the ugly tree. (laughs) I, I wouldn't even call this a tank. You have to be outside the tank to shoot the damn thing. You do. <laughs> You're like standing on the back of this thing. You're no, not it's like no. You, the, you load it from the back and then you get off of it. <laughs> right. The barrel the whole reason, is almost as long as the chassis. Yeah. It looks longer or about the same length. Yeah. Hey, it's it like start, it could start an ambush. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have to. It's gonna have it to. Could start ugly. hidden an ambush. Yeah. You're, you're right. Apparently, it's ugly. It doesn't want to start hidden. I think that's yeah. cool looking actually. Right. The only reason it's even a tank is because they need that much. Wheel power underneath it to move the damn barrel. Yes. That's it all looks it like really if the, is. If the gun fired, it would pop the turret right off the back of it. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> or it does a really big wheelie, like <laughs> just, just all the guys inside are like, "Hold on, we're shooting the gun." They have to they drive it, ten they have to slam it to forward just before they fire, just to make sure <laughs> to to correct for it. Yeah. Yes. One, oh, man. two, three. I mean, that, if if they reverse gear ever stops working, they just have to fire the gun. <laughs> it's going to freaking just go backwards. Fire it down, and it just keeps moving it backwards. Pop it in neutral. We're going <laughs> to go backwards. The biggest problem is they still have to get out to load a new round. What like, was that, the A-team, when they actually fired the gun to, like, fly the, the tank? Oh, my the, God. Do you remember that stupid scene? Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> That's what just made me think of that. To maneuver it over the lake. Wait That's a minute. Right. Is he flying the tank? Oh. Now let me see, because there's something else in their army list that's sort of like that, but it's on a truck. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, what was it called? What was it called? Is that it? No. Ah, there's a version of this that's on a truck. The, the super heavy anti-tank gun on a truck. There's a light anti-tank gun on a truck. Is this German uh, or Italian? Italian. The the Sarina can get uh, MMG, 
a rear-facing MMG, pintle-mounted MMG. You can you can oh add one of the following. You can have a pintle-mounted MMG, an anti-tank rifle, light automatic cannon, or a light anti-tank gun. So you can have two MMGs and a light anti-tank gun. Something. Oh no, I'm sorry, you can't because inexperienced, not experienced, inexperienced. Never mind. Yeah. Damn, there, I know there's a version of this someplace. It's a nine. It's a ninety fifty three, and it's on a truck. But I'll be doggone if I remember where. I know it exists. <laughs> it basically looks like a pickup truck with an eighty eight mounted on the back, and that's effectively mm. what it was. I, I'm not seeing it, but we will. Sure, we'll cover it in more depth yeah, when we, we get to the Italians. Italians. I'm going to find it by the time we get to the Italians. Cause the right, I'm not seeing it any of the selectors that I have. But well, it's possible there's not rules for it, but it exists. <laughs> okay, okay. In, in in history, it actually exists, yes. but they may not have put it in. Oh, found it. Found it. It's under AA truck, so an aircraft truck. Right? So it's inexperienced, 40 points. Replace the light automatic cannon with a super heavy anti-tank gun and stabilizer jacks for plus 150 points. Um, wait, so which one is it? It's called the AA truck. That's its uh, relisting. What? Where is that inside? That would take care of an anti Oh, there it is, AA aid. truck. Yeah. yeah, one light automatic cannon is what's standard, but for you can 40 replace points, it. and then another 150 for 190. Super heavy anti-stabilizer jacks. What the hell is it going to do for you? Not, I guess not blow backwards. Yeah, I was going to say, keep the, the truck from flipping over. <laughs> right, like we were talking about with that tank. It's right. soft skin, so it would not be unreliable. It's only 190 points. It's actually more expensive than the other tank. Yeah, but it's not unreliable. Fair, okay. And it looks cool as hell. Does it really? What does it actually look Hang like? Hang on. Let's see if I can get a picture of that sucker for you. Set. Oh, my God. I clicked on a link on the internet. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Danger, danger. All right. Don't so far break I haven't gotten internet. a virus from this, so I'm going to send it to you. And it's about, We're all going to get it. It's about four down or so. You'll see a truck with a big friggin' gun on four posts down. <laughs> now I know why you uh, you were worried about clicking on it. The URL Jeff sent us is sadmuppets.org. <laughs> nice. Not, not any, not... Dot com or dot net dot org. Dot org. So it's actually an organization of sad muppets, I, I take so. it. Uh, I just went right past it, I think. Uh, it looks like it's a it looks okay. like it's on a platform. Mm-hmm. Nice little 360. Looks, it's got the flak rule, yeah. Sure. It's got stabilizer jacks. It's the well, I do like so the stabilizer jacks on this. Yeah. So it's the equivalent of a German eighty eight. Basically, yeah. Dear Lord. On a truck. Yeah. With not not a horde of 20 dudes surrounding yeah. it, like the 88, but... Uh, this thing can drive okay, off, that's, too. Yeah. Right? There's nothing about it not being able to move and shoot that thing. Yeah. It depends how realistic you put in how long it takes to <laughs> stabilize your jacks down, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> let's, not get, uh, let's not get too hung up on that let's kind of Let's not get shit. too hung up in real-world stuff. Yeah, I know. Sorry about right. that. Right. Like the actual functionality of something like this. If it oh, fires on the move, it scatters D6 inches away from where it fires. And the truck the also vehicle. slides D6 inches. <laughs> yeah. roll, roll to see if the truck rolls. <laughs> well, no, it should just move D6 inches back from the direction it yeah, shot. Except just guarantee it's going to slide. Roll it's, the truck. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. 
you take a turn to flip the truck. I'm back sure over. that never came up in their, uh, their their test gaming. I think this thing can move and fire. I don't see why I can't. Sadly enough, it, yeah. Oh my god! Advance <laughs> order, go. Hit it, it again. It can start in hidden. Can it start in yeah. hidden? Yeah, vehicle start it's in any hidden. unit. You could start yeah. hidden ambush. Hidden ambush. All right, yeah, hidden ambush. Yeah. Ooh, drink. That sounds Jesus. like fun. There's a surprise for you. Hell, I might take that in an Italian army for 200 points at regular. Right? Yeah, the 10-point deduct. I'm... Look at that. Ouch. Sadly, sadly, the company that is posted in that sadmuppets.org <laughs> link doesn't sell the model anymore. why the Muppets are sad. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have their AA gun anymore. <laughs> Just like, I really wanted this thing. Nope, you don't get it. That's really sad. I'm, I was like, "Oh, that's a good little buy." Nope, Someone doesn't has exist. To make it. Or you can you can kit bash. Let me see what that truck look like. Dear Lord, that looks like a pain in the ass no. to make. Actually, like the model that they have there. No, is you actually, can start with like great. the buffers truck or something out of there. Uh, I would start with a. You could make a decent version out of a. What's the front oh, yeah. end kind of look like? An Opal Blitz, and you cut yeah, the back an Opal off Blitz. And, Get the stabilizer so somewhere. Back Opal Blitz. Those look easy enough to make. It's can you get that gun on a platform? Sure, you cut a you get a, a sixty mil disc and you mount an eighty eight to it. Mm-hmm. It's essentially what it is. You're right. Yeah, you could do that. You could yeah. totally do that. You just get the right dudes to to outfit it, and you're you're good as yeah. golden. Ridiculous! I like yeah. it. It's a bad <laughs> idea, and I love it. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's an interesting. There's a couple of good like little tidbits in there, I'm sure. Somebody will make a 200-man army with two of those stupid guns in it while all we'll complain about how gross that no, army we'll is. We'll love it. Uh, hey, embrace it. You might as well. Go for it. Do it if you want. If you paint 200 dudes, I will commend you for painting 200 individual partisans. If you don't paint them individually, then I'm kind of out. Yeah, I was hoping Perry made it, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah, maybe we can get our our guy Mad Bob or uh, what's the other one that everyone buys every resin that tank from? Camera? No, the the one Trenchworks. Oh, Trenchworks. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Trenchworks. That'd be awesome if they made it. But well, they make the they make some of those other oddball German ones that are good. Who knows? I don't know if they even. I don't even know if Trenchworks trench even makes Italian yet. Probably not. There's not a huge market for it. Okay, so Perry's eighty-eight comes with a four with the cross jacks, which would work just fine if you kit bash them onto a sixty mil disc. So you just need the truck part now. Oh hell, Perry okay. makes a Semovente ninety fifty-three. That one we were looking at before. So you just cut it. You just kit bash well, those no, two things together. Is, no, well, no, that's the track. That's one. the tracked one that looks like it oh, goes backwards oh. when it pulls the trigger. Oh, right, right, right. That's yeah, you're right. That's but still Perry makes that. That's awesome. Huh. Someone has to make you it. Sure, think so. Well, it's not a good sign that they don't have. Yeah, they they don't have Italians listed as an option as far as World War Two stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Trenchworks. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is, is someone could make that and it would be flipping awesome. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Somebody should make that because eventually one of us will make a partisan Pretty army. Much. I'm sure. 
Probably Dale because he's got the patience to paint 200 models. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll play test it with rats or knoblars. There you go. <laughs> you already have. That's kind of the point. You've you've basically played this army in two different games or the two different armies already. Suspending the belief when you're facing off with a bunch of rats instead of actual dudes with guns. Yeah, okay. I found the truck body. Um, Perry makes a Fiat SPA AS37 Saharino. Looks just like a pickup truck. So you take that, you cut the bed off, you put that jack mounting on the back, and you'd have it. Is it big enough? Because this is more of an Opal Blitz than a pickup truck. Well, you might be able to just extend the the bed. Yeah, at that point, I think you could probably extend the bed. More importantly, the front cab looks right. Okay. That's, yeah, the cab, because, I mean, an Opal Blitz is essentially just an extended bed pickup truck. It's not really anything special about it other than I think it had four wheels in the back anyway, so it's the only difference is that it had a bunch of extra wheels. Well... We could we could probably go down this this yeah sorry this we'd be on the thread thought hours, all night long think, so sorry <laughs> we could no like dedicate this... an episode to it back in like on number thirty two or something I get all excited when I see a good different things there. you can do with the Opal Blitz right yeah well that could be an episode in itself you could probably you know drive dudes around in it or drag a thing behind it or put some dudes in it that's about as much as you can do with an Opal no, Blitz you can put some machine guns on it oh uh, you can put a machine gun one machine gun on it I believe. I don't think you get that much. We're not that cool. Oh, we're talking about kit bashing here, so. Yeah, oh, right, right. You could do other things with it, right? right. Yeah, uh, not that. Why would you? Why would you want to? Because it's awesome. I will talk about that in another episode. Um, I, I think that's all we have for tonight. Uh, we can, we're going to continue to look down this rabbit hole long after we've stopped recording. I'm sure Jeff is already putting together his 950-man uh, Partisan squad that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just just rage quit like half of them into the trash all of a sudden. Yeah, I uh, stopped being sorry about that, by the way. No, don't be sorry. Yeah, don't be sorry about that one. That that one would have sucked. dudes, are you kidding me? One point tough fighter dudes. There, yeah, how do you come back from that? You wouldn't get through a turn. That's the first problem is that. You, you'd, you'd set up board. and be like, okay, time's called. <laughs> no, I can, Done. I can well, play really fast when I need to. No, that's when you bring out the twelve the twelve foot board, yeah, the, or the, the the twelve inch by six foot board, and you just set it down and say I'm deployed. Your dis- your display board is your deployment. Just put it all down on one big shot. <laughs> what kind of a yeah. display board uh, could you have? I mean, a thousand guys is the whole space. It's going to be a bookshelf. It would have to be. I don't know I what don't else you would do. Either. Good lord. Yeah. So, but we're not going there because no one's going to be able to do that. It doesn't exist anymore. So, with that, I think we'll call it a night. And you guys have a good couple weeks until we talk to you again. Sweet. Have a good night, guys. Peace out. Sounds good. This is Snafu over and out. Night, guys.
Nie płacz, dziewczyno ma, bo w partyzantę 